This week on Invasion, the podcast, Critters is life and now on TV. We survived the choking hazard that was 80s toys. And we have a toy brawl to end them all. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, and to my left is Steve. Hello, everyone. And, and no fancy nicknames. I'm just, you know, you just after so much time, I have no cool nicknames left for anybody, so I'm sorry. I got I got here late. I didn't get here in time for the cool <laughs> nicknames. Yeah. So uh, thanks again to Jeff uh, last week coming on talking about Star Wars. This week's going to be about Star Wars 2. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a little bit of Star Wars just by the fact we're talking about some 80s toys. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this. There were some 80s Star Wars toys. There were. Yeah. There, they, they were a big part of my childhood. So they're going to get snuck in there a little bit at least. Yeah. So uh, bear with us. It's not going to be the same Star Wars conversation. Uh, it's going to be Star Wars, but with toys. Uh, and then other toys too. I promise there's going to be more. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, first though, uh, Steve, you went to go see Shape of Water last night. Yes, I did. And what did you think of it? Uh, I think it's... I really, really liked it. Um, I've heard some people say that it was the best movie of last year. I don't know if it's my favorite movie of last year. I certainly liked it. Um, and God bless uh, Del Toro. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, but uh, overall, I think it's a it, it's a fantastic movie. It's it's definitely uh, something you should see on the big screen because it's very lush and very beautiful to look at. Um, my only thing was I felt it was just a little long for my tastes, um, but you can kind of see like Del Toro all over that movie, and it's kind of hard to to kind of take away from that. With, so. with someone who he is so good at like the details, right? Yeah. Like the just the detail. Like there's like uh, the pie. Like I like there's the, the little quick little story beat involving key lime pie that's so fast, but you get this visual in the fridge. And, mm-hmm. and then you know a lot more about that one character because of that. It's real fast, but it makes so much sense. He, you just, I, I will let Del Toro wander a little bit. Just almost, I give him the same license, almost like Tarantino. It's like you're going to get something interesting, right. you know. Um, I agree. The film, maybe, maybe it was long, but I, I, my biggest, I guess, my biggest hang up of the film, and this is a small hang up, is that I feel like of the the main relationship of the creature and the main character that oddly feels rushed in a film that's that long right like, like and that's but i'm gonna i'm gonna make this uh the symbol and you're gonna tell me what that means what's that mean i'm is making that bread bread or is that egg? <laughs> i'm not sure what that is it was for egg, egg. she was doing her two fingers that's across right. her fingers and the creature learned how to make the egg symbol immediately I just liked how like there was nobody else in the tank room with him, but he just like he's like you know what I'm gonna try that and just like that's an egg, <laughs> like you know I thought that was I thought that was great. It, I think that's the greatest Abe Sapien prequel we're ever gonna get. Yeah, yeah, and you know I mean 
it's one of those things, and I don't think this counts as a spoiler, but there, there's a musical number in the movie, and I'm just not one for musical numbers anyway, so like that may just be why I'm like, yeah, you could probably take that out and I'd be fine with oh, it. Oh, I, I really liked it. Um, I mean, I see your point. Yeah. Um, but it's like, and the, the not to, I'm not going to spoil it, because again, if you guys have any interest in seeing this film, please go see it, and go see it in the theater, and may your theater be kind and with people that want to see it as well. Because I could see how this film, if some people are there just being jerks, it's going to be a bad time. Yeah. Um, when you get to the moment of musical number, I I can't think of another director that could transition into that and show you what he's showing you, and you're just along for the ride. It's such a striking, unique visual image of what's going on, on the screen. I, I loved it, and, and but I'm also partial. Like I've, I've talked about this with the show before. Even though I'm not caught up, I love the CW show Crazy Ex Girlfriend because it goes from like comedy and drama and into musical numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big musical person, but I really enjoyed that show. And considering the first part of Shape of Water, you had them talking about some of the the stuff on TV and how difficult it was to pull off choreography and the musical numbers. It felt like it was earned at least in the conversation of like, this was like a love letter to that type of filmmaking. And it was just, I dug it. I'm glad that you got to see it. Yeah. And it, it wasn't that I had so much a problem with it. It was just when I walked out, I was like, I feel like it could have been shorter. And that was just (laughs) the first thing that popped into my head. Like if I had to pick a sequence, that would probably be the one, but it's still gorgeous. And it's still, and I love the fact that like, we live in a, a age now where like anything is possible visually movie wise. Um, but I also love the fact that we got something that's that original um, in an age where like we're and I, I realize we just spent two episodes talking about star Wars, but you know um, where we're seeing a lot of things over and over again, sequels and remakes and things like that. We get something that's just so it's a fairy tale. It's a love story. Mm-hmm. It's an adult love story. Um, it's got compelling characters. It's got th- one of the best villains I've seen in recent history of film. Michael Shannon was a man born out of time. Like yeah. I feel like he, like I've said this when we were talking, uh, when we, we uh, were on a uh, talk without rhythm, talking about the movie of the year. If we talked about this. I feel like Michael Shannon was born like 20 years too late and he would have been like the, the, the quintessential 70s movie villain and everything because he's not he has a unique look he just mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't look like he belongs in 2018 i don't know how to describe it like he's a really really good bad guy and he's also a really good good guy i don't know if you saw midnight special i've talked about that before he's really compelling in that but no, i haven't seen that oh. um but uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot to love about the movie um I would just say, yeah, if you have a chance to see it in a theater, it's definitely one because mm-hmm. it's from start to finish, it's a gorgeous movie. And it's, and when I say it's Del Toro all over, like it's just, it's such a Guillermo del Toro movie that it just, it, you're experiencing, yeah. like, I think you're getting a piece of his soul when you're watching that movie. Absolutely. I agree. So I'm glad you watched that. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into that still, just because again, if you guys haven't seen it, go see it. I know we talked. I know we spoiled the hell out of Star Wars past two episodes. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the Shape of Water because there's not going to be a Shape of Water trilogy or anything. Just go, go watch it that we know of. That we know of. 
I mean, the original is called The Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is the continuation of it. Yeah. Right? I, I will say that, like, I think Pan's Labyrinth is still my favorite of his films, but this is pretty close to it. So This is really good, but my favorite, I, I just this is just me being me. I really, really like the second Hellboy movie a lot. And I think it's just more, I think um, Ron Perlman just gets me, like, I just enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And Pacific Rim, just because it's goddamn giant robots fighting monsters. <laughs> and, but artistically, Pan's Labyrinth is beautiful. This is beautiful. Crimson Peak is beautiful as well. If you've not had a chance to see that, uh, I haven't seen it. No, you would dig it. It's really, really. Like, I can't say I just like a single Del Toro movie. Like, and they're all wonderful. I just and he, um, I didn't see. Uh, oh, what was that? The the one the oh, the Bones movie. Uh, the what was that called? Um, about the girl that had was killed, and then she was like kind of overseeing every like over. I don't know what it was called. Oh, um, uh, Winter's uh, Bone. No, no, no. It was. Um, I want to look that up now. It's going to bug me. And I, you also haven't seen the best Del Toro movie, Blade Two. <laughs> That's right. I just admitted to to you earlier that I've not seen. To that. be fair, though, the I really Bones. love Blade Two. The, the Lovely, Lovely Bones. Bones. Yeah, I've not seen that. So I've not seen that either. Yeah. Winter's Bone, Lovely Bones, whatever. Same thing. Anyway, Del Toro's awesome. Um, Mimic is a really great under you know underlooked movie. So check out Mimic. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is not the Del Toro cast. Let's just move on. I glad that you got to see it. I have one quick story before we get to news, and you guys got to bear with me. I just want to mention something. This is exasperating me. It's video game related, so either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, and I'll, I'll set the stage so Steve knows what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so I've been I've been getting back into World of Warcraft a little bit because I've had some time because I've not been watching westerns, and um, I've been just you know running like dungeons, five man dungeons, like twenty five man raids, and you get loot. Loot that's how World of Warcraft works. You get loot, you put it on your head, you're happy, right? With these these the groups that I'm doing, they're like pre-made, so they kind of put everybody together. So you go into a queue, and Blizzard's internal says, okay, here's your tank, here's your damage guy, here's your healer guy, go at it. And when you kill a boss, you get personal loot, meaning that you get something that you have and no one else could get. Um, but you could trade it to somebody, meaning they see that you get this, and if you don't want it, or if like you know, because what if it's something that is not as good as what you have, you can give it to somebody else. So I've been doing these, and I've been getting like gear every so often to get loot. And I was doing a twenty-five man fight, which is the loot's better, and something popped up, and someone's like, they they just said, "Hey, could I have that?" And I'd respond to them because I was in the middle of doing something, and they run over to me, and in the game you could open a trade window. And be like, you know, I'll trade with you. They just opened a window expecting me just to hand that to them. And then they whispered me like, are you going to give it to me or not? And I'm like, I never once committed to you that I was going <laughs> to give this thing to you at all whatsoever. So then I was like, that's weird. And then I was doing something else later, uh, another another dungeon run. And I just got an item. And then someone's like, hey, can I have that? Like, I'm like, what is going on? Why? Like, does people automatically just assume? Like, I just can't think of another situation. That'd just be like... um, I don't know, you go to the car lot and I just see you buy a car and I'm like, hey, <laughs> can I have that? Or like you go to the McDonald's and be like, I see you got a Big Mac. It looks pretty, can I have it? Like, I don't understand. Like, to me, it's the same thing. I mean, other than like, this is a generated item that I just got for nothing and I could probably just sell for gold, which is, by the way, I'm an asshole. I did it for both items. I didn't give it to either person because it's like, if you just go straight up ask me for it, I'm probably not going to give it to you. You know, like, it just it bugged me. I'm like, like, I can't understand that notion. <laughs> can I have it? Well, you know, it it sparks in me the idea now that I'm just going to start going to restaurants and asking people if they're going to finish something. Are you, <laughs> are you done with that? Yeah. Can I have that? Can I have that? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, it just, um, so 
the the benefit of the trading function in in these the situations is that you know you can get something that you you know you need. And I've had situations where good Samaritans. I uh, would be doing a dungeon and they looked at me and they saw that like that what they just got was obviously an upgrade for me. And they're like, here, have it because they didn't need it. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, like Christmas. Thank you for giving it to me. That's just a nice thing to do. And you know, if I had the wherewithal, maybe I would have looked. But if you're going to straight up say, can I have it? And then also the notion, too, that this content that we run uh, resets either if it's a five man dungeon or resets every day. And if it's a 25 man dungeon once a week, you're probably going to get something. You know, mm-hmm. it is, this isn't like your one time ever for this. This is like you're never going to see a piece of loot again because World of Warcraft is probably a loot pinata, so you can just touch it with a stick. You'll probably get something that you want. But it just, it's still, I didn't understand the brazenness of, like, can I have it? <laughs> I just, so, anyway, I was exasperated by this. I was like, this happened, like, a couple times. I'm like, is that where we're at now where it's just so blatant where it's like, oh, I saw that you have that. And then just hold their hand out. That's what it just felt like to me. Well, is the next thing going to be where like they can like beat you up and steal it? Like that'll be the next modification. Where no, it's like- but in um, one of what was the game? Um, one of the very first uh, online games like this. It was Ultima Online, like one of the the original. Like um, what's his name? The guy that ran all that. You had you could go up and basically mug people and take things from them because <laughs> it was a very hardcore kind of world and so the whole thing was like you kind of stay in the city but if, if another player came to you and said hey I'm higher level than you your stuff's mine now you had no way of getting around that and this was like you know 15-20 years ago so I'm glad that the idea of someone coming to me and like taking my things from me right like I don't <laughs> now they just ask <laughs> You know, I, I'm not saying I live in the best part of, of Cleveland, like where I live, and I don't constantly worry for my safety. I don't want to worry about my digital safety of my avatar running around with like an item being like, hey, I saw he got that thing. He's going to fly behind that volcano. We're going to jump him. Like, I don't want that, you know. I'm in like, a dangerous area of World of Warcraft, yeah. and I've got too much gold on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just be like drunkenly walking out of a tavern and be like, uh-oh, you know, and fall. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, can I have it? Anyway, that's that just bothered me. I don't know. Like, like it's just it's not necessarily a video game thing it's just in general just like i just can't understand the notion of like i see that he has something can i have that like i just i just never yeah anyway so enough about that i got my video game talk out of the way you guys are you guys are thankful i don't talk about this anymore so uh let's just get to news good news everyone I mean, but can I have that? That's what I want to know. Can I, can I just have it? Uh, you know, I should just go at people's desks where I work at and be like, oh, that's, that's pretty stapler. Can I have it? And then they walk back to your desk and there's like 30 staplers on your desk. Yeah, it's like, well, you already have a stapler, but that's not the point. This one's better than this one. It has plus five to stapling. Can I have it? You know? I don't. I don't know what makes staplers better. That, that'd be great, you know. It's like this one has like a, like uh, has a dragon's head on it. Well, okay, that clearly is a better stapler. I gotta have that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, this is. I just found out this, this today. Uh, Critters, the you know the greatest film franchise of all time, as I talked about last, not this past October, but the one before, about how Critters is connected to literally everything. Mm-hmm. Is getting a TV show, and like. And that's kind of cool. I just that's something I didn't expect. It's like, was it called Critters? Binge this or something? It's yeah. something like that. Uh, and it's going to be about critters coming back to find one that had been left in California for like twenty years. And it makes me wonder how big he is and how lazy he is. 
Um, I just it, it's gonna be fun. Just make it fun. Give me bounty hunters that change shapes, and bring back that redheaded guy. That's I was just gonna Orville. say you need uh, Scott Grimes, yeah. but uh, he uh, he's on that Orville show, so I don't know if he's available. You know, he's got a busy <laughs> schedule. Hey, hey, Scott Grimes, remember that one thing you were known for before <laughs> Seth MacFarlane got you know you hooked up with him? You should come back at least make, make a guest appearance, even if the guest appearance is he gets killed by a critter. That'd be pretty amazing. I mean, honestly, I think they should just make him the main character of the show. That's so. the whole reason I would watch it. Yes, they should make him the main character. I mean, yeah, he's busy with the Orville, but how busy are you really? Yeah. You know, and he was doing voice work for American Dad. Maybe the guy, maybe he goes to bed and, and like works sixteen hour days and goes to bed. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe I'm making false assumptions about Scott Grimes. <laughs> he's the hardest working man in Hollywood. <laughs> I, maybe you know, but I, I don't think so. So. Critters TV, like there's also the Trimmers TV show that's coming too. Yeah. So, does, is there like this, the revival of like uh, 80s and 90s creature things that are becoming TV shows? Yep. Ghoulies is going to be next. <laughs> Ghoulies. You you know if um Full Moon could get away with it, they would make a uh, Puppet Master TV series. You know they would. Oh, I'm surprised they haven't already. Like I, that seems they probably for, like, have sci-fi. seven seasons of it just waiting. You know, <laughs> that seems like sci like sci-fi channel. Yeah. Although the, the one thing I'll say about the Critters TV show is, is that my understanding is that it's going to be on the Verizon Go 90 network, which is, yeah. you know, that's specific to Verizon devices. So. Is this going to be your killer show to get people to kill on Go 90? <laughs> uh, hey, I got to switch to Verizon. Why? I got to watch Critters. I got to watch me some squir- some Critters. Well, maybe they can get it there and then, then sell the streaming rights to like Netflix or something. Because I feel like... I feel like that's the only way they're going to make money on it. Well, because you'd mentioned, we talked, we're this is something we talked about off air, uh, off air, like we're live um <laughs> live right now uh these are the conversations you don't get to hear <laughs> yeah uh we're talking about ash versus evil dead how seasons one and two are on netflix and that was that's a showtime the stars show, stars show yes so yeah i mean that 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 i think that's even more viability so if you can do it get some attention to what you're doing but then also make the show available you know to sell it to somebody else i will binge the hell out of critters if it shows up on netflix oh yeah absolutely yeah so you know. And maybe Leonardo DiCaprio will return. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's the one thing he does a cameo for. Well, it's just like, you know, remember, like, what was it? Uh, I, they had Johnny Depp show up for Freddy's Dead for yeah. like a second. And then uh, when they did a new Nightmare, uh, he said he would have been there had Wes just asked him. Right. So here he is. Depp was starting to rise up as being like this big main movie star, but he would come back to Nightmare on Elm Street if asked. Yeah. Like that's, it's it's also kind of like uh, Ben Affleck doing anything Kevin Smith asks him to do. You yeah. know, he would come back and do it. So yes, DiCaprio, you got your Oscar now for The Revenant. You need to come back as your character from Critters 3 and we need to know what happened. You know, did you, <laughs> did you start running your own apartment complex? Are you a slumlord? These are the questions that I have, you know? <laughs> That's such an odd premise, too, where it's like, what's the, uh, the the idea for the return? Well, we got Leo DiCaprio. I'm listening. Go on. And then someone's like, we couldn't get Scott Grimes because he's too busy, but we got Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Yeah, like, I like it. It's it's like Titanic, but with critters. <laughs> I, Do yeah. you think the, uh, the, the, the um, main... Uh, shape shifting uh, guy who he's the through the thread. I can't think of his name I right can't now. Remember. Uh, through like all four movies, do you think he'll uh, make an appearance? Maybe. I mean, he became a bad guy in the fourth one for no reason, and I think they killed him. But that's way in the future, so that could you know. But then the weird the weird uh, town drunk guy that was in all four of them. Yeah, 
he could show up. I mean, because I'm sure, you know what? I bet you he's the one that's behind making this TV show happen because he ended up becoming like a producer and writer on the last two sequels. He's probably just been waiting for, like, he's just been waiting. He's just had all his critter merchandise and like all the stock that you could buy in critters. I don't know if critters is publicly traded, but you could, you know, he just, he's just been waiting, you know, like for the, and so I'm, this will be either fun or terrible. Or and even if it's terrible, it might still be kind <laughs> of okay. So interesting, right? So, uh, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on Critters as a TV show. I don't think it's going to win an Emmy. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to win a Golden Globe. It's um, uh, it's going to be the uh, the next Orange is the New Black. Yeah, is what Critters. if it comes back, comes back as like a hard, dark reboot, you know? <laughs> and like it's like, you know, the Critters suddenly like they just have like dark personalities. And it's like very, very, I don't know. It's like it's like the Sopranos, but with critters. Like, well, that would be the only great. thought that I have is is that I really hope that they they stick to the the cheesy puppets. Like, yeah, I I don't want them to CGI critters. I want like you know. Yeah, I mean, like how how many critters do you need on the screen at once? You know, like so you don't need that. Like, the, please, yeah, make a puppets, and if if you and if you have to do a blend of that and CG, that's fine. But give me like whenever uh, my friend Terry posted the story to me about it, I I was like, I hope the critters are still working at that burger restaurant that they were in the second movie. <laughs> but that was so much fun because of the puppets and the food and the condiments yeah. and everything. That's yeah, I kind of I I just don't know how much more. Like, what kind of backstory are you going to give to the critters? Like, are we going to find out, like, where they actually came from and what they're about? Is there, like, are you going to make them start talking to each other? Well, they talked to each other, but they didn't talk to anybody else. So, I don't know. Like, I have questions. Hopefully, critters gives me answers. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, anyway. And so another, another story, and this kind of is tangential related to this because it gets critters, it's connected to everything. Uh, the film Snowpiercer, which came out a few years ago, which I know Steve said he had not seen. It's, it's quite good. Uh, is being rebooted as a TV series on TNT. Uh, the reason I, I bring this up, not because I'm interested, because I am, the premise of Snowpiercer is in like the, 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 the far future, I put in quotes, uh, the earth is frozen over because of climate change. And there's one last train that's ru- that runs a, a, a route around the earth. Like okay. it takes like one year to get all the way around the earth. It's called the Snowpiercer, and all of humanity, what's left of it's on this train because if it's still moving, as long as it keeps moving, there they can still kind of function. You okay. know? So, but the thing is, you have like all the poor people at the very back of the train, and like as you move forward, it becomes more rich and elite until you get to the front, and it becomes this big thing of like kind of like class uh, warfare and everything. And and Chris Evans is in it, and uh, Ed, um, I was gonna say Ed Helms, it's not right, uh, Ed Harris is in it too and it's it's a very interesting film there's there's some of the plots a little little weird but the whole idea that each train car you end up with was kind of almost like a different world mm-hmm. was really cool and no pun intended because it's a nice train um womp, womp. Womp, womp. this makes me interested for a tv series because it's not going to have the same ending but it almost feels like Battlestar galactica with the last humanity and they're all heading one direction and it becomes all about the political strife inside the train and the class balance so I'm down for that, and I recommend watching Snowpiercer. If you've not seen it, you should check it out. Um, I, I happen to know somebody has a Blu-ray of it, so maybe I'll lend it to Steve um, so you can watch it. I think you'd really dig it. It's, uh, it's a cool film. My question to you is, now that we talked about Critters and Snowpiercer, do we need more TV shows being based on movies? Like I feel like there's this like snake eating itself where it keeps kind of always cycling back where TV becomes a movie and then the movie becomes a TV show and like I don't 
do we constantly need this? Because I don't think Snowpiercer was that big of a property to begin with to get TNT interested in making it into a TV <laughs> series. Well, I guess, you know, there. I think the benefit for networks is, is that there's a, even if it's not a built-in audience, it's a name that people might recognize, so it, they feel that that may give them an edge. I mean, there are certain shows that, like, and we're going to talk about next month, actually, the second season of Ash vs. Evil Dead, um, but I've, I've watched both of those seasons now, and, like, A, I'm mad at myself for not having dove into them earlier, <laughs> but B, um, that feels like something that was that should happen um you know sam raimi had talked about it for years like wanting to do an evil dead 4 but they couldn't get it made and, and there were issues with you know who owns army of darkness versus who owns evil dead 2 and um but that show feels like a natural progression um you know maybe at first blush people weren't like i don't know if people watching you know an evil dead tv show but they totally will um, when it comes to something like Snowpiercer, I don't know. Like, you know, I know they also did a show based on The Mist, which I'm <laughs> was, just like... terrible from everything I've heard. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm like, how do you do a series out of that? Yeah. Um, so... I, I, I guess maybe if, if you can convince me that there that this, this premise holds merit... And the idea of Snowpiercer with it being like this is a train to nowhere, but it's the last humanity and it's all and it better be about the power struggle inside because that was the most compelling part of the film for me. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. Um, it's just that I feel like like you have on Fox right now, Lethal Weapon is a TV show. That, that I keep is, forgetting that's a TV show. Right? Um, but it's like a second season, so people like it enough, right? Uh, there was that number, not numbers, because um, that was a CBS show. It was, uh, what was that one? that they tried doing that was based on the movie where they took the drug that would make you super smart. Um, Limitless? That's it. That was only on for like a season or two, and then they're like, oh, it didn't do well enough, and then that went away, you know? And like, I just, I guess, I think I've talked about this before where there's so much content out there now, and the audience is so big but fractured and splintered in a lot of ways that unless you have... Like a, like even if you've never seen Snowpiercer, you've heard of it. Yeah. So maybe that's enough as opposed to, hey guys, new show Jennifer Connelly called Ice Train. Like I don't know, you know, like it's just, I, I just, I guess I guess that maybe I answer my own question, but I feel like I uh, there there's a weird phenomenon where it's like, oh well, one one uh, TV show did really good translation translating from a, a movie to a TV show. Let's try this until it breaks, and then someone's gonna be like, we can't do that anymore. And then someone's like, but what if we took a TV show and made it into a movie? And they're like, okay, let's make a bunch of those until it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, like it's just, I guess, I guess ideas generate ideas, but I, I don't like. This has been going on for a while. Even in the 80s, ABC had a Starman TV series that lasted maybe a season. I think it was on for two. two. I, I yeah. watched it, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't good. You know, I mean, I liked it at the time I was young and stupid. I didn't know I was watching it, I just, but I liked it because of Starman. Um, and then we had, like, you know, uh, Blue Thunder and Airwolf, which was Airwolf a movie? Airwolf was never a Airwolf movie. Was Blue Thunder was. Blue know? Thunder was, yep. Um, I, so this has been going on for a while. There was but, a nine to five show as well, based on the Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, right. Jane Fonda movie. Yeah. So, um, I mean, has there been situations where the TV show has been better than the film? I'm trying to think. 
Uh, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to show my show my cards when we get to Ash vs. Evil Dead, but like I am almost <laughs> to the point where I think I actually enjoyed both those seasons more than the movies, and that's saying a lot because I really like those movies. So that's right. Um, but you know, most of the time I would say no. <laughs> um, you know, ah, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that. Um, well, a lot of people have liked. Um, the From Dust Till Dawn TV series that's on El Rey, which I've not seen. Um, we started watching the first season. My wife is a huge fan of the film, um, and she couldn't get in the TV series, so apparently I couldn't get into <laughs> the series, so we stopped watching it. Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting question, you know? And then I'm trying to think, have there been better movies made out of TV shows? And I'm like, there's there's been. Like, as much as I hate to admit it, the Brady Bunch sequel was, one of, it was really, really, really funny at the time. Maybe it hasn't aged well, but I loved that second movie. My wife and I actually busted out the first one. Uh, well, I shouldn't say busted out because it was on, like, Hulu. <laughs> but, like, it was on the one, it was in there one day. So we were like, oh, let's watch this. And I was laughing really hard at it. So, like, I thought it still held up. Yeah, so. and as, and this might be the 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 thing not to say. I actually really enjoyed the Dukes of Hazard film that the Broken Lizard guys made. Yeah, um, I didn't see it. So. Um, Jay Jay Shandra Shakar directed it, and it's just it, it. You can't tell me you ha- you have a moment where there's a Cadillac, if I remember right, like a Cadillac with um, uh, open top. You have Willie Nelson. Uh, either he's driving or Johnny Knoxville's driving. I forget which, but one of them is lighting Molotov cocktails and throwing them behind them. And you can't tell me that's not the cinematic bliss mm-hmm. of having Willie Nelson and Johnny Knoxville throwing, you know, bottles, the exploding like flame bottles as they're just driving down a road. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I guess it just depends. We always like, I guess we should be of the attitude of judging on its merits. And if it's good enough to see on its own, it's going to be good enough. Right. I, I like, I, it's just, it's tough because you just want to immediately dismiss something because it's like, ah, they're just doing that thing we already know. Right. You know? I mean, and I'm okay with it usually if it's something that, uh, I don't want to say, because it's all a cash grab. Because no matter what, at the end of the day, they're making TV shows and movies to make money, regardless of creative yeah. decisions. Um, but, you know, if it's, if it's something that, uh, I feel like, oh, this is going out to a particular audience and, is designed specifically to further that story. I'm good with it. Like, you know, I have no no problems with the Tremors TV show. I think that's and I'm not even really a fan of the Tremors movies. I know I just lost a lot of people there. Um, but uh, you know, that's something that makes sense to me. So. Yeah. So, all right. So, I guess Snowpiercer, we'll wait and see. You know, that would be So then I guess then if you could pick a movie that you like a lot that could be made into a TV show, like where would you where would you go with that? So I mean, <laughs> my head immediately goes to like weird movies that like, and it's not even a movie that I Dude, necessarily. Give me an Equilibrium TV show. I think that'd be awesome. Like the Christian Bale movie that was kind of like around the time of the Matrix. Oh yeah, okay. that would be an interesting world to explore a little bit more of. That'd be kind of neat. I, th- I think that would actually fit better as a Netflix series than it would be another movie. Yeah. Give me some more gun kata. I uh, I was thinking uh, there's a movie called uh, Dead Heat. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> with Joe Piscopo. Joe and, Piscopo uh, and Treat Williams. Yes, he's a cop who's got to solve his own murder. Yeah, give me a season of that. Give me a season. Of this guy falling apart. I would be all about that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like that. I don't know if I'd want multiple seasons, but give me like a good solid eight episodes of this guy. Just like, just yeah, that'd be fun. I would, I would, I would like that a lot. 
So, and if you guys have any suggestions of like what you guys think would be a cool film to TV uh, conversion, let us know. I mean, I think I, I, I'm still waiting for my ultra, ultra big budget quantum leap uh, film to be made and then the reboot TV series to come out, but we'll see. Um, but now everybody's like now talking about like, uh, you know, because of this and the revivals, like there, there's now talk of bringing Lost back. I'm like, don't, don't bring that back, please. <laughs> don't bring back. I, I love Lost when I watch it. I don't need it to come back again, please. I don't need Lost again. I don't need any of that. Well, I think sometimes that might be the problem too. Is is that the things that they try to bring back sometimes are very much of the period in which they were originally aired or came out yeah and they don't always work in a new time frame or if they're not properly updated they don't work for a new audience that's fair yeah. so all right enough about that enough about critters and ice snow piercers i about said ice piercer that's a different thing uh last story here before we get into the main bit um so <laughs> this is actually a story that's near and dear to our hearts so aggressive turkeys disrupt mail service in cleveland suburb this is actually from a few days ago. Uh, this is in Rocky River, Ohio, uh, which is actually not too far away from where we're recording. Postal carriers say a rafter, I didn't know this is what you call a bunch of turkeys, of aggressive wild turkeys have prevented them from delivering the mail to more than two dozen homes in a Cleveland suburb. Um, residents on a number of streets in Rocky River have had to pick up their mail at the post office because the turkeys have created unsafe conditions for the carriers to deliver to their homes. Uh, the mayor said the problems persisted for the last three weeks. Uh, the city ordinances don't allow for the turkeys to be eradicated. <laughs> uh, the city has instead sent letters to people asking them to stop putting out bird feed in the hope that the turkeys will go elsewhere. Uh, here's the last line. It just creates problems for somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just let them, hey, let them just go to Westlake. That's fine. That's fine. Um, a U.S. Postal Service spokesperson said some carriers have been pecked, but none have been injured. <laughs> I, I just like I don't know, like just like do you, do you just see them all coming? Like, cause, I mean, turkeys they turkeys are ugly. I don't care what you say; they're just ugly birds. Right. That's why we eat them. We don't we don't keep them as pets. Um, that's that's my controversial take. I guess I don't know. Paul's um, hot take for hot, the show. Yeah, turkey turkeys are for eating, not for looking. <laughs> Um, it just you, but you see them like they get all like huffy and puffy like when they're trying to be all angry. It's like you feel yeah. like and so clearly they're making noise and clearly like I don't how fast can they run? I don't know like what this thing. And and, what, like, how fast does a turkey top out at? Yeah, I don't know. But then like, do you hear them? Like, do they gobble? Do they gobble angrily? Like, I don't know. Like, is there like a threatening noise they make? I'm sure there is. I just like, but. You know that there's probably that one home of all the suburbs that's like under siege, and that people can't even walk outside, <laughs> and they probably have like boards up on the walls, like 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 a zombie apocalypse scenario. But it's just turkeys, you know. Like, I I thought that was ridiculous. I feel bad because I'm sure no one wants to deal with that, right? But that's kind of a funny story. It's just like, what do you what do you do to taunt them? Like, do you just set out like uh like candy DMs and everything? Just be like, look, come on in, welcome. Like, leave the <laughs> oven down. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was looking for a job last year, and I went on uh, quite a few different uh, job interviews. One of them was actually to um, join the U.S. Postal Postal Service and the Turkey uh, Eradication Unit. <laughs> uh, you know, they they did make a big stake about like, oh, you know, if you decide to go further in the process of this job, you better be good with like being bitten by dogs and like. <laughs> They start naming all this other stuff, and I'm like, oh, dear God. I like getting spit on by llamas. That's what happens when you're in the U.S. Postal Service. I mean, honestly, and it was a cattle call, so it was like me and like 20 other people in a room, and 
he presented it like it was going to be a job interview, but it was literally like, hey, can you stand being stung by bees and bitten by dogs? You might be just right for the Postal Service. Can you pass a drug drug test? You might just be right for the Postal Service. So um, it was all about like what might happen to you on the job. So Wow. Yeah. So turkeys, <laughs> uh, however, were not covered. So Well, see, that, I feel like that's the great omission there because it, clearly it's happening. But Oh, I, I guarantee you that's going in their repertoire now. So like the next round of people that they go to hire in, they're going to be like, can you f- fight off a turkey? Can you, can you f- fight off a rafter of aggressive turkeys? Uh, is that, is that, I don't even think that's, that's what it says in the article. So whatever. But I like, I'm sure the cold snap recently probably drove them away. But it's just like the idea that this stuff's been happening. It's almost like in Alfred. Hitchcock's the birds when the exit you just see them all kind of hanging out in the distance in the background just like collecting on the the, the playground equipment <laughs> you're like well, that's that's not good and you just get in your car and they just kind of more and more that would be but they don't really fly I mean they can't I guess they could fly a little bit maybe some not great distances um because turkeys really can't fly but I'm sure they could flap and cause problems but anyway <laughs> yeah so a town was besieged by turkeys and people were asking like please stop leaving food out for them so that seems like a fair I just where did they come from? I don't know. Where, like what happened? Like 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 did some did another like you mentioned earlier? Like did another town just make it their problem? Did they stop feeding them? <laughs> they just gathered up all the turkeys that had been plaguing their town in the middle of the night <laughs> and then drove them, them off. <laughs> to Rocky River, dropped them off, and left. <laughs> oh, see if this isn't a reason to change your high school mascot to a turkey. I don't know what is. That's a great. Um, so anyway, yeah, there you Got go. Quite the problem. A delicious problem. A delicious problem. Oh no, I guess we're besieged by hams now. Oh no. <laughs> don't come attacking us stuffing. We won't know what to do. Uh, but anyway, there you go. That's your bird. That's your bird attack news for for the week. So let's just get birdemic. Bird turk turdemic. That's not a good word. And now for our feature presentation. I guess there's worse birds to be attacked. I mean, be attacked by, right? Like, like what if it was like, oh, Rocky River's besieged by ostriches? Like, I don't know, or emus. Like, that'd be terrifying. I would not want a large bird, you know, awkward bird. I don't think I've actually seen one in person in my entire life. Like, I don't like even know even if I've seen zoo? It at the zoo. Oh. You know. no, they're they're big ugly birds. Like I, I I'm not. This sounds like I hate all birds. Birds, there's <laughs> there's some birds out there that are quite they're quite attractive. And that's not what I mean either. But you know, like uh, if you if you go to the Cleveland Zoo, there is in the Australian section. There's the the lorikeets. So it's a little boxed in area, and you can go and pay like a quarter for a cup of like sugar water. And they're like there's they're like larger kind of like parrots type of not well not as large as parrots, but they're like these birds that all they do is what come over and just drink out of these little cups, and they're hilarious. So okay. they're fun. They, don't, they, they will attack you out of kindness because they want that sugar water. But they're not nearly the size of a turkey, so I can handle it. Um, <laughs> so there you go. The future so, presentation tonight is why, why Paul is afraid <laughs> of birds. birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, anyway, so... Uh, we, um, so the, 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 there's the Netflix, uh, it's supposed to be an eight part series. They have released the first four. It's called the toys that made us. Um, I know sometimes we go to the well of Netflix often. This one's different. This one isn't just a straight up, like, you know, drama show or comedy. It's a documentary series. Yes. And it, it, the, these four episodes deal with, um, like it's, it takes a look back about like, uh, the star Wars toys, how they kind of came to be GI Joe, Barbie and He-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I'm sure we'll get into some details of each of those individually, but the thing I want to say, if you guys have not seen these and if you have any interest in, um, how things kind of come to be with the things that we love, 
this is actually a really good series. It, it has its tongue in its cheek at times, and some of the, the some of the editing does make for a joke, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But it doesn't go full tilt. Like it doesn't go hammering the jokes. It kind of lets the information kind of exist, and they let the interviews kind of speak for themselves. And I really, really appreciate it. I didn't realize how much information, good information, I was getting about these things. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the show itself kind of goes back and forth between trying to entertain, but also, I don't want to say educate, because... It is. It's a documentary. It's, yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah. But, I mean, in the sense that, like, uh, each show will open with a uh, recreation of something that was a pivotal moment in either the creation of that toy line or um, a point in that toy line's life where the big breakthrough happened. Yeah. Um, and then it'll jump into it'll jump backwards, I should say, into sort of like where it began, and we'll take you through that hour uh, to wherever you are currently in time with that specific toy line. Yeah, and, and what I so I've been kind of um, railing against nostalgia, like at least it feels like in the past couple of years, even though I roll around in it daily. I I get kind of frustrated with uh, hey remember that this this feels like it's hitting that sweet spot of hey remember that but remember this stuff wasn't maybe that great the first time around or or the things that you liked you can still like them and they're still great and they have a certain magic to you but they're kind of junky like they're they're not afraid to show you some of the the the, the missteps and some of the garbage that happened with it too oh yeah and I like that they didn't completely keep the rose colored glasses on the entire time no I would say even with all four of them they don't keep the rose colored glasses the barbie on. one they do not hide some no. of the really bad things that happened there and the, um with with the one gentleman who um the basically the co-founder of barbie he's got kind of a sad story um <laughs> yeah that jack uh, jack ryan i think is his name right looks, yeah. yeah he uh went on to star in some tom clancy books <laughs> but uh ultimately i believe it was it suicide or was it alcohol related what it was suicide but yeah. like he he had a party lifestyle and party yeah. party party and until there was no party in anymore yeah and uh the uh other founder of mattel actually she kind of got kicked out of the company for basically moving moving she was funds cooking around the books. yeah cooking yeah. the books and uh they kind of go into that a little bit as well um it, it, it felt refreshing uh, I didn't mean to cut oh, no, you off ahead. there. It felt refreshing in the sense that, like, just kind of like how the VH1 behind the music stuff was always like, yeah, and then they had their third album and the wonderful tour, and then the drugs happened. That's always how that always <laughs> felt like something would happen, right? And it's like, the and then storm they found, clouds were gathering. And then they found the dead hooker. Like, it was just like, and, and that's the He Man story right there. You don't know that. Uh, hooker, dead hooker man. You don't know that. No. Um, they didn't, even though I'm sure that there were some edges that they couldn't. I, there's probably some parts of the stories that they maybe didn't get permission to and, and whatever, but they even, even the He-Man stuff where there's a bit of a debate about who is the creator. Yeah. They kind of just put it out there and let each guy, it was kind of a pissing contest. They straight up say it. And it was wonderful how they're like, well, we like, let's give them both credit. Like the, the show was kind of like, either way it could be agreed. They influenced the creation of this thing. And both of them were just like, I made it. And that was it. Like it was, <laughs> Yeah, it's I, it, it is interesting because I I feel like lesser documentaries would have tried to prove which one would have been the actual creator or ignore the conversation whatsoever. Yeah, you know, like if this was on Discovery or, or um, like like a cable channel, they would have not been able to talk about some of the things. Like they would have the companies in charge of these toy lines. 
uh, they would have probably shied away from their their skeletons coming out. Yeah. And that was surprising to me that the, the skeletons were full on on view for each four of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just, I liked that. I liked, um, I guess, I mean, it, that doesn't take away from why we like the toys. And this is the reason why I pitched this to Steve to talk about this and not just talk about the TV show, which is really quite good. And I enjoy their intro music because it's like every 80s morning, Saturday morning cartoon yeah. music that comes in. It's that there was a statement made during the Star Wars one where uh, I don't know if it was one of the creators or the guy that collected everything that has like six more things than you do. Um, <laughs> uh, he's, Steve Sansweet, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see you have the same name, uh, same first name. Uh, th- someone said you're taking something that's intangible, like a movie, and you're making something tangible that a kid can play with. And that really hit me because it's such a simple statement. But, you know, you can see the ad ads on screen and, and you see them for how long in uh, Empire. They're not on the screen. They don't have that many minutes of screen time and overall in that film. But you can get an ad ad at home and play with it forever and make up all these stories and have as many adventures as you want because you physically have it in your hands. And that I'm guessing it was the toys uh, because they're how many times could you go see the movie in the theater at the time? I mean, you know, sure, as many as you wanted, but. There wasn't home video release at the time. There wasn't like you had like how many more Star Wars stories do we not know because they all happened in a kid's backyard playing with these toys. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the part that I forget about and how that's where the fan base is built is that not not that I mean the movies, of course, but and whatever it is, the cartoons in which we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second, too. That just was like kind of like it wasn't a revelation, but it's kind of like tripping across something that's like, well, shit, that just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's what I wanted to talk about was more of like the like physics putting it in your hand, and like you don't know it, but you're now a fan for life because you get to control what happens next. Oh, yeah, and I mean, in the reverse look at it, it sort of controls me in a way that like. Uh, for instance, on the um, on the Star Wars episode, they mentioned the micro series that never took off. Um, they were diecast metal characters and uh, play sets that you could get, um, and I never had any. I had the Hoth one, the, Did the, you? The, one the, the, like the ice cave with the, the ice monster. The I remember Wampa? that one. Yeah, the Wampa. I don't know why I remember having that, but I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, and to this day, I still like. I was just actually just talking to my wife about that, uh, like a day or two ago when we watched the episode. I was like, you know what? I might actually go back and still collect those. Like, it's 40 years later at this point, and I'm still like, I, I think I could, you know, I could probably still pick some of those up on eBay and add them to my collection. Yeah. Um, so they definitely imprint on you. But they, the point that you're making is a good one um, because toys, you know, just playing with the toys, it gave you a chance to, well, yes, make your own stories, but like you got to experience those characters in a way that was really unique in your own. Um, and maybe that is why there's so many people who think they know how everything should be <laughs> at this point uh, or feel that they are That's owed. Not my Star Wars. My Star Wars had a really cool <laughs> ramp that I could roll all the cars off of. <laughs> <laughs> my star wars had uh had a a, a c-3po case that they were all carried around in and you know uh, my star wars got ended by a lawnmower yeah that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i don't know i think about it it's like and it, 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 it's just their nostalgia is such a powerful drug and, and that's something as we go through this year we're going to get in probably every there, 
this show doesn't exist be- exists because of nostalgia, because of the things that we love, right? That, that, that's that's been the mission statement from the beginning. We talk about the things that we love, I, um, but I remember though, like. Like uh, one of the things that mentioned the Star Wars episode, and I don't want to keep going back to that one, but there was a bit there where Kenner was running out of material in terms of like what to do to get more toys out because there was only a, like what two movies at the time, and they they're they're making gangbusters money. They had a hell of a deal that they screwed up later, like yeah, to, yeah which was like the biggest like miss of all time. But they started making those what they called the little mini rigs, the little tiny one, like little tiny vehicles that had that were never seen. Uh, in the Star Wars movies, but th- their philosophy was, if you just turn the camera a little bit to the right, you would see this vehicle there on that planet. And I liked that approach of like, they could exist. Sure, put a Star Wars character in it, we're fine. That's the part that amazed me, is um, I could never afford the big Millennium Falcon or any of the big stuff. I did have some of the figures. I was a poor kid. I, I, and finding out now that the, initially those figures were lost leaders, meaning like they wanted to sell you the, the figures to sell you the accessories. Mm-hmm. That never occurred to me as a kid. But you did want to have a vehicle. You did want to have stuff to ride around and you wanted to have your guys go places. And I had a couple of the small vehicles and I didn't realize that was designed like squarely at pretty much poor people and i enjoyed that like <laughs> and it's and it makes it makes too much sense and to realize that's a marketing move that that may sound like the most obvious statement of, of all especially when you go now and you go to any toy store and you look at the lego sets that they make oh yeah where it's like oh i could pay 37 dollars for seven legos that make like a bat wing that's cool like but they always sell you like there's always the big 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 ones for like 150 dollars, and then there's like the little small vehicles you can build and clearly that's something that how they kind of just kind of had that aha moment has now shaped everything going forward is just it's amazing to me and i never thought about it before right what i think is kind of fascinating about it too is that i mean there are a couple things that we learned in the the documentary one is and it's something that i never even gave any thought to they bring up uh and again we're still in the star wars (laughs) one we'll go get to the other three i promise (laughs) But uh, they bring up the idea of label slapping, which is something that I hadn't even thought of before. It made sense until you, yeah. 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 Uh, And what label slapping is, is where they take a product that's been made for something else and they throw a Star Wars sticker on it. (laughs) So it's like, we got these walkie talkies. All right, well, print them in black and put a Star Wars label on them. And now there's Star Wars walkie talkies. Uh, And they did that with a number of things, um, which I thought was really kind of, like not eye opening, but it was one of those things. I was just like, "Oh, that's that's a really smart way to get product out quickly, uh, make a quick buck as they're trying to get their figure line in order." Yeah, cool. Because the big thing uh, about the Star Wars one, and you guys will learn this, is that they had a ticking clock. Like they, like Lucas, for as much as we could talk about his decision making, he didn't. I guess the whole thing was with toy making is that you you would plan your lines out two years in advance with a film. Because it took a while to build the models, get everything like to match the film, whatever. And he was refusing to let anybody see anything from the film until about six months before the film came out. And it was this thing where so toy companies were like, "Can we do something?" And they wouldn't. He wouldn't show them anything. Well, see, I yeah. taken it as I thought they said that uh, um, that the other toy companies had just refused to be interest or had no interest in it so well, I- yeah, because I think of his, his 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 mandate of like you can't see things until whenever. But but Kenner. Uh, which I did not know they were based out of Cincinnati at the time. That was kind of cool. Had I known that one as a kid, that would have blown oh my, my mind. <laughs> you would have been like, like hitchhiking down the road, <laughs> exactly. like, thumb out, like with your C three PO full of characters <laughs> just going down the road. Um, that they uh, 
you know, they they did this label slapping thing just to get product out for that Christmas after Star Wars came out. Yeah, the New Hope to get something at least. And then they then they were selling the promise of characters of these cardboard pre order things like that. You would not have that now. Like you could not no. have that now. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was fascinating to me, just because these guys are just like you know, just working through the night trying to grasp at straws and. It's something I guess I learn over and over and over again that the things that we love sometimes are pulled out of somebody's ass. And I don't mean that literally. They're just more like, I have an idea, and they just run with it. Like yeah. G.I. Joe. What, what's the name of the bad guys for G.I. Joe? Cobra. Where'd that come from? Some guy in a meeting because he's sitting on the top of his head. Right. And everyone's like, we don't know what that is. Sure. They'll fight Cobra. And that's where that came from. Well, I love the... the uh the fact that like I thought that there was some sort of science behind the reason why the figures were three and three quarters <laughs> inches and it turns out that they asked the, the boss like how big the figures should be and he literally just took his thumb and his finger and spaced them out as far as he could and he's like yeah about that big that big yep. and uh, that's that's what determined the entire size of those figures well and that so that determined the size of the Star Wars figures because at the time uh, most most action figures, not dolls, were like twelve inches, and yes. they knew that they couldn't make a full twelve inch doll. But so they did these three and three quarter inch uh, figures, and then the the after effect of that is that whenever um, Hasbro was relaunching GI Joe, they wanted to match Star Wars, so their figures became that same size mm-hmm. just because of that one decision. Like that's. Like they wanted to match Kenner, and that was kind of crazy to me. That like they're like that's good enough. Like no one bothered to think about this again, and it was like, well, they're doing it. We're going to do that too. And it just came from some guy's ham fist that he like we're making figures that big. It's just, I love that kind of like idea of just like, well, that's just what happens. So that's what we're doing now. Yeah. And I never thought about that as a kid. You just see figures like even what was I think I have behind me on the wall. I have uh, there's one of those um throwback like nostalgic. Back to the Future on cardboard with Marty, mm-hmm. where he's three and three quarters inch. It's made to look like a GI Joe kind of packaging or whatever. Yeah. Like we just accept that as packaging now because that's just what they did. There was no, there, I don't know. It just there was no scientific reasoning for it, like you said. And as a kid, you just I don't you don't think about this stuff. But at the same time, like you know, you just assume that there has to be a reason why packaging looks the way it is, why figures are the shape they are, why Snake Eyes didn't have a single piece of paint on him as a G.I. Joe and it was a cost-saving maneuver. That I thought was fascinating. <laughs> Their most popular character was created simply out of the fact that uh, it was a cost-saving measure to have a character that they didn't have to paint the figure. And that didn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, going over to, uh, like, the, uh, the He-Man... Uh, Masters in the Universe line, uh, so much of that came out of, you know, sort of dumb luck, but also half of it was out of focus groups where they like asked kids, like, what do you want? And then kids would just basically tell them, like, you know, I want to be in charge. I want to have power. I want to have. And they were like, well, these are the keywords that they're telling us. So let's go ahead and build a toy line around that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's just fascinating because it's like, the thing that I, I the thing that I really always liked about Masters of the Universe is, is that it truly is the kitchen sink of all toy lines. <laughs> like you want barbarians, they're barbarians. You want robots, they're robots. You want swords, great. Lasers, great. Castles, great. Like it's you could do anything with it. You want a guy who just smells really bad? 
We Done. have that guy. Yeah. yeah, we have that guy. You want a guy with three faces called Manny Faces? faces. There we go. Got it. Yeah. Like just But it all works somehow. Like that's the thing that's the most impressive is that like there's a feel to those characters and but they all work, you know? Yeah, I like you know there let's be he man it's dumb it's really dumb but it's kind of still awesome like skeletor is the greatest villain of all time and he was just made as like an afterthought like well well actually not like as a as a sketch design it's really well thought out the scary skeleton guy but like it's just very like a lot of like what what who are the masters of the universe no we don't know it's just he man and all these guys he fights sometimes you know oh well that and, <laughs> oh go ahead yeah I no i just uh, no there's this like it's just it that one is more surprising to me than the other stories. I mean, maybe the GI Joe a little bit, but Masters Universe is kind of one of those ones where it's like they looked at the market and was like, "Well, what do people want?" And then they took a stab in the dark with with He Man because kids wanted power and they wanted to make it, and and they decided to go with that barbarian uh, art style that was more like Conan the Barbarian. I forget the name of the artist that is the one behind that mainly, not the main guy who made it, but the Conan the Barbarian artist, uh, Frank um, Frazetta. Yeah, that's it. And and it, they, they, so that was like Gangbusters, and like they. But they kept coming up with concepts just because someone asked them a question and they gave them the first answer. And everyone's like, okay. Like, I just can't believe a business strategy came out of someone being like, oh, we didn't tell you about thing I just made up? Okay, well, let's just do that. My wife, when we were watching it, because there's, there's a section where they explain where the mini comic came from. And that came <laughs> from them just pulling it out of their ass during a meeting when they're like, well, how are the kids going to know who these characters are? And they're like, we're going to put about the a comic, comic book in yeah. there. Yeah. And then another meeting goes by and they're like, well, how are kids going to know about it and they bring up the comic book they're like but the kids who are five and the target age group aren't gonna be able to read so they immediately are like well did we tell you about the tv special that turned into a tv show like and my wife is like yeah that's the guy that i would hate at my work because he just pulls stuff out of his ass and everybody's got to like catch up to try and but it yeah. worked yeah. it was a strategy that worked you know and so i guess it's just this was it's just you don't as a kid obviously all you want's the toy all you want is the like like i i had dreams as a kid that i would just get mashed universe figures like just like you know people but here you go here you go here you go it's a silly dream as a kid but what else you're gonna dream about i i really liked it just because there were so many of them which was the downfall of master universe but <laughs> like you know i really i liked it i had i had the one he-man with the battle damage like the chest you'd hit him and it'd rotate and oh it'd yeah like the battle damage he-man like it's so stupid but great um i i just i just remember loving all this stuff and I, I guess it's just hard to talk about in the sense like I, you, you, this stuff immediately imprints on you because you're a kid and you want it and you see it and you see the cartoon and you love it and you just, you just love it unquestionably. You, you just love it. And because this is something for you, right? And the like toys are for you. They're not for your parents, even though that's not the case anymore, but they're for you and you get to play with them. You get to come home and watch the TV show They're for This is your entertainment. And that is very empowering. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's one of those things again, didn't occur to me until I really started thinking about it. And maybe that's why we, we, we show so much ownership of this stuff later because that was the first things that we got to show ownership of. So right. it's way bigger in our head because the He-Man figure is never going to be as big as the first time it was in my hands because my hands weren't big enough. Yeah. You know, like those things were massive, not my hands. They are now, but, um, 
I, I guess I just I underestimate the power of um, printing because I feel like this is really what this is is Brandon printing, and you could kind of tell from the the guys talk, telling these stories about what they thought they would work. They knew that especially like with He Man, like if you could get the comic in their hands or the, the the television show after when they realized how big that was, that kids would just like break down doors for it. Yeah, and like the thing about the Star Wars stuff, it's like if if people are fighting each other, get boxes, they've made the right decision. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I forget one of which whichever one it was was GI Joe. They talked about how they took so much money from kids. Like there was that one quote where he's like, "Oh, I took a lot of kids' lunch money or whatever." Yeah. They said. <laughs> it was like it's like yep, you know that's the reality of it. But I don't know. It's just it's to know that it was all to make money doesn't surprise me. Right. Um, and and to know that people were passionate about the things they made doesn't surprise me. It's just I guess you're in a business to make something that you want people to want, and just how they kept. It, not inadvertently, but the, the 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 ways they went about trying to get this in front of a child to be like, I want that was just interesting to me that each four of these, these stories kind of all went about different ways and they all were effective. Well, what was, uh, you know, interesting um, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you had dreams where people would just give you, you know, Masters of the Universe hey, figures. Can I have that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that I always remember is... Uh, I feel like it was Hubba Bubba uh, had a thing where you could win like every Masters of the Universe toy if you bought a pack of gum uh, and it had a special wrapper on the inside of it. And, uh, you know, I remember like buying just that gum specifically for however long that promotion was going on just for that chance to win those figures or like always wanting to have like a Toys R Us spending spree where you got to do like the supermarket thing where you run in and just fill your carts up with as many toys as you possibly can and whatever the time frame is. Um, But, you know, I mean, part of it is certainly wish fulfillment, you know, Um, not only just, you know, getting all the things that you wanted, but also, you know, the things that the toys offer you um, to be able to have power over your own world and they talk about that on the the mini series or the the documentary um you know that it was a world in which kids were in charge of you know their toys destinies or at least the storyline um and i i do think that that's a big part of what the appeal of, of just play in general is um and you know when it comes to you know masters of the universe and gi joe and in star wars and all that like it was interesting that, like, in some ways they could integrate and sometimes they couldn't. Like, for instance, my G.I. Joes and Star Wars figures were almost the same size. Yeah. Um, you know, so I could kind of cross those universes over. But Masters of the Universe was bigger, so I couldn't really uh, play with those figures. And uh, once Star Wars toys started to die down after Return of the Jedi ended, I never really had a clear um, winner in that race. I played with Masters of the Universe toys, I played with G.I. Joe, and I played with Transformers. Those were probably the three things that I played with the most after Star Wars went away. Um, and it's interesting that it makes this sort of interesting stew of nostalgia, but also of kind of what building, what what works with building specific worlds. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about that. It's like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to have G.I. Joe and Star Wars work together. Here comes He-Man. Just right. Like, <laughs> yes, he just smashes everybody. It's fine now. Like, it's just, yeah. Um, I, I, so, I guess, I you know, clearly there's still toy stores maybe for right now. I know Toys R Us is having some problems. Um, but you go, like, Target, Walmart, whatever, there's still aisles of toys. 
uh, and there there are action figures. Um, you 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 see like. <laughs> There were so many Batman Superman figures out where it was like battle armor Batman. It was like all these fun, weird like things that were like labeled Batman versus Superman. It's like none of this is in the movie. Right. But whatever. I guess we're cool with that. I don't know. Like just it's toys. I get it. Right. But how I guess like with where we're at being 2018 and everything like every everything is digital on a phone, an iPad, games, content, content, content. How how much I mean, I, I don't have kids. Um <laughs> How how much play do you see happening anymore in terms of like, I don't know. I don't really see, I, I guess since I don't have kids, I wouldn't know how to speak to this. I mean, I'm sure kids still have toys, but do they still have like the 30,000 of one thing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that is anymore. Is it just like a couple bits and pieces and then they're off? I, I just, you know, because I feel like for me growing up, it's like you had, even though you had the knockoff toy lines, like, you know, Rock Lords and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> Uh, it would go bots, you know, but nothing more interesting than playing with a toy that turns into, into a, a rock. rock. <laughs> I had a rock Lord. That's like, it was a great one. I don't know what it was. I, I just, you, you saw, you talk about like learning how to play. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to when we, last week we had Jeff on the show talking about that learn to draw Marvel app. Like what constitutes play now? I'm hoping that there's still play. I hope that there's still kids messing with things and still making universes that don't make sense. Like the toy story thing, you're going to have a cowboy and a spaceman together and they're going to have adventures. I feel like there is. I think those kids are playing with Lego. Yeah, I, 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 I think that the action figure market for the most part is geared towards little little kids and then uh, adults. Like there doesn't seem to be as much <laughs> in between anymore. Um, and I don't want to get too heavy onto the Star Wars bandwagon again. But as somebody who still collects Star Wars toys, I feel like Hasbro has made a lot of bad decisions. Um, and if you look at the way they put the toys out anymore, uh, there's just there isn't um, as much play value as you would get when they first put the toys out 40 years ago. Um, and this is kind of going off in an odd direction, but like, for instance, you know, they're not putting out vehicles like they were before. Um, and I know that you'd mentioned that you were like, oh, it's kind of like a cash grab, but there's no, there isn't a lot of in-betweens on those. Yeah, that there's, makes sense now. Um, not a lot of figure diversity. Um, one of the things that I never understood about when The Force Awakens came out was is that they like didn't make a, that many Ray figures. And they're like, well, little boys don't want to play with Ray, Ray, and I'm like, yeah, they do, because she's the star of the movie, and yeah. little girls want to play with them too. And she's the star of the, of the movie. movie. <laughs> so, like, I I had, like, a bunch of Princess Leia figures when I was a kid because she was in the movie and I wanted to have her. Like, how how do you make that? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, they put a character named Constable Zuvio out who <laughs> didn't even make it into the movie. <laughs> and he was everywhere. And it's like you couldn't find a Rey figure. That's weird. Um, and I feel like they're kind of neglecting... Uh, a lot of opportunities for kids um, because you know the other side of it is is that a lot of it is adult oriented the black series figures which are 20 bucks a pop and they're six inches and they're multi-articulated and they're better sculpted they're nice but like kids aren't getting those it's adults who are getting them so yeah. you know I wish somebody at Hasbro would reevaluate their line and really think about like 
getting to- toys back into kids' hands and making lots of different play sets. And, and I mean, that's the thing. There was one play set for The Last Jedi that it came out with, and it's a it, it's a giant BB-8 that turns into Snoke's throne room, and it's cool. It's 200 bucks. <laughs> like, uh, Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of bad decisions being made in that regard. But He-Man... I believe He-Man is only really available to collectors now. Like, you don't see him on the shelves. Um, no. There was a, uh offshoot of Mattel called Maddie Collector, which they were putting out Masters of the Inner figures for a while, but I feel like, I think that actually stopped now. I don't think they're even doing that anymore. And yeah, G.I. Joe is, he's, I mean, granted, maybe it's a down period, because G.I. Joe seems to go away for a couple of years and then come back and then go away for a couple of years, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that kids today are as aware of gi joe as they were 10 15 years ago that's fair i mean i know um i know uh, hasbro had put out like the the collector not collector what do you call them like the the heritage editions of like the first generation one transformers mm-hmm. they're cool they're really expensive oh yeah like i i can't go buy a star scream right now i'm sorry i just i want one like to play with like that's not like i want a transformer to transform like and i feel like if you go buy like the ten dollar one at walmart that is a transformer it has three things and it's a car like the earlier ones had a lot of things that you had to twist and turn and make and everything it was more like you you physically got to change it and there was more there was more fun there even though Soundwave only had three things or like legs and arms and a head and then cassettes well, he was a oh yeah he was a boombox. Yeah. I was gonna say gun, but I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> uh, shock. Uh, was it shockwave? Megatron was a gun, and then um, oh, his the, lackey. The what's the other guy's name? What uh, what lackey? Uh, the other guy who was a gun. He was purple. Oh, and, oh um, oh shoot! I know what you're talking. About. He had the one single light for an eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, later, later, Nimoy voiced him in the movie. Oh, well, that's Galvatron. He he turned into a cannon. Oh, okay. I'm I'm taking this off anyway, topic. Sorry, whatever. A Tron. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so I this has been interesting just to think about just um, the idea of of what like like if there's a Masters Universe film to come out again, another one, not the Dolph Lundgren one, which they've been trying to get in production, and there's been various things about doing it. You know, if it comes out and if it's a, a, a good at all. Suddenly he mans me back and like that's going to be the thing. It's not going to just be him singing "What's Going On," you know, like that like that video that's been like ten years old. Plus, <laughs> people will be about it again. Um, I, I, I just because the seed's been planted in terms of like nostalgia and in terms of like uh, you know this is stuff you grew up with. I it's just I guess I'm just always amazed at um, the things that affect you and what you carry with you going forward and how deeply they affect you and. And I can think about all the toys I had, uh, and I can think about all the toys I lost because I'm sure there's some really great ones that I wish I had back. Um, but the, that's a lot of time. I because you know, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have a super ton of friends, and what friends I had didn't live near me. What did I have? I had my toys. And I had my video games. And what am I doing now? I'm almost forty, sitting here talking about the toys I had, and I still play video games. So clearly, it affected me. Yeah. And I just didn't know how much. And uh, on that note, I did not realize how how much thought went into Barbie over the years in terms of presentation and affecting the market. I'll oh, say yeah. that. Cause we didn't talk about Barbie much because I didn't have any Barbie growing up. I Sorry, I wasn't the target market. I wasn't going to get Kendall. But, man, that, that needs to be a movie on its own is all the messed up stuff that happened with Barbie and all the different ways they kind of tried to fit in with the times. That's interesting stuff. 
Well, I think, A, the fact that the figure started off as an offshoot. <laughs> was it German or French? It was German, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a doll that was basically a prostitute like yeah. based on like a single like a, a new yorker new yorker style cartoon and a yeah. german paper and they're like they didn't really change her much no. like it was funny you see like oh this was the doll and this was the barbie it's like that's the same thing um it was interesting that they took that but the idea that at the time there was only baby dolls available for girls to to play to be mother and that was pretty much it for them for yeah. like play and the, the the fact that they changed this into a woman who you know had different jobs and she you know had outfits and they talked about how like the big big thing for that was the accessory packs and another again it's one of those things that seems like like seems obvious but i never thought about it how it really was the costume not costumes the outfits that really drove that and how if you had a doll you'd probably want to dress it in different things you'd probably want to have different different events you know and how like how much choice there was at cost and that was just that was interesting to me well i also found it interesting that like there were decisions that were made that are just kind of mind-boggling when you look at like how big the toy line was and then you know at one point they had released a uh i think it was a slumber party kit or whatever and there was a book in there and on the front of it it said like how to lose weight or something <laughs> and then on the back of it it just said don't eat yeah and like yeah like these horrific decisions that were made about the toy line you're yeah. like who thought that was a good idea um but at the same time, uh, growing up, uh, my best friend from probably the time I was three until, I don't know, like 10 or 11, was a girl, and she had a ton of Barbie stuff. So, you know, we kind of had a deal, like we would play Star Wars stuff sometimes, and then I would have to play with her Barbie stuff. And I was always kind of amazed by the amount of crap that there was <laughs> for Barbie. Like, she had this van, and like, yeah. there was just tons of like, oh, there's food plates and there there's you know um outfits and there's you know every little imaginable like star wars figures at most you got a lightsaber and a gun if you got two accessories you were lucky like with barbie there was like oh well she's got her shoes and she's got her dresses and she's got uh you know her work stuff and then (laughs) you know an entire cafe and like just i was like oh my god like yeah, you know, so they they really did go to the lengths of of giving you everything you possibly could want or waste money on. I guess is a better way of putting it. If you're the parent being like, no, Barbie doesn't need four more outfits or whatever, but but she does. That was the whole yeah. ideal that that line was built on. Yeah, you know? and I, I'm not going to ruin it here because I know we feel like I've ruined some of the more interesting bits of the story. Watch the Barbie episode, and there's the one older lady that they talk to. Uh, she is the sweetest, nicest old lady. Not the one who was the creator of Barbie, but the other, other one that was like one of the, I, I forget what her role was. She tells some really cutthroat stories of what they oh, did yeah. to screw up, the, to screw competitors out of market share. And it is, it's the greatest thing ever coming from the sweet older lady. And then some of the things she says about 
the the missteps that Mattel took later, how how it wouldn't happen on her watch, and it's really, <laughs> really interesting. And I don't want to give that away. It was really fun. I also want to say, uh, keep an eye out for the creepy statue <laughs> that's sitting behind the is one a woman. Statue? I thought it was just like a, a, a piece a, of art. I guess something. is what it is. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a mannequin almost. That it's weird. It's it's very weird. It's naked and it's behind this. Kevin woman. Smith pointed out on Twitter, he? and he was just like, "What is going on here?" And I'm like. <laughs> You know, it, it was just because he just he just took a picture and cropped it over on that chair. That this, <laughs> it's over the 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 left shoulder of one of the ladies who was one of the major uh, figures at uh, Barbie in like the eighties and early nineties. And it cuts back; it looks like a deflated woman. This thing in this chair, it's like it's almost like it's the skin that she's going to put on later. It's, <laughs> they don't ever explain what it is. It's really weird. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah, she's got a whole Buffalo Bill thing <laughs> from. Uh... Silence of the Lambs I going on I don't apparently. Know what's going on? Yeah. Um, but uh, would you play me? I'd play me. <laughs> you know, uh, going back to the point though uh, that I was, I, I kind of got off on a, a tangent with the play thing. Yes. But uh, you know, when I mentioned Lego, um, you know, I do feel like Lego is the one set of toys where, like, you can have Spider Man, you can have Superman, you can have, uh, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, you can have all these different versions of these characters, but they're all in Lego form. So yeah. they all kind of mesh together. Um, and I think that that's kind of what's probably getting the most play for most kids these days. And I, I, I feel like, you know, maybe there's a smarter way to build, you know, back up kids playing with toys and, or maybe Lego is just, they've got the magic bullet and they're it. But like, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if toys will... I mean, I feel like toys will always be around, but I don't know that they'll ever be as important as they were to our generation. Well, the, the big thing about Lego, and that's a whole other... I, I think a whole other topic. It's just that I had Legos growing up. Like, I'm a poor kid. I had all these Legos, right? None of them were, like, themed after movies or anything. Like, you know, they just were Legos. They were, you know, bricks and, and shapes and wings and, and wheels. And all I would do was make my own Transformers. I'd make my own spaceships. Like, mm-hmm. And now I feel like you have to buy a kit and then if you lose one piece, you're never building that again. And it's so expensive. And I feel like that is the part that's frustrating is that they're, they're saying, it's Lego. You get to build these things. You don't show creativity. We're showing you creativity of what we came up with. And that's the problem with it for me is not just because it's based on a movie and like you have your figures are all the same size or whatever. It's like it's, it, this, this whole thing is construction by design, right? And they're limiting it, I feel that's like. Fair. That feels weird to me. Yeah. That it's supposed to be all about the kid's imagination, but so help me, if I spent like you know $150 on three Lego sets, and one's supposed to be Star Wars, one's supposed to be this, one's supposed to be this, and I turn around and a child has taken them all apart and mixed them all up and built something, I should be happy about that, but I'd be like, what did you do to my Legos? It'd probably be, a, you know, like that would be, I would, it would be frustrating, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it just. I feel like GI Joe's gotten a little short shrift here. Um, I will say that uh, you know the one thing about GI Joe that it could never be taken away from it is is that it did come out with the most uh, ostentatious <laughs> toy to ever be made. Yeah. Uh, the USS Flag. If you're, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're well aware of what it is. Um, it's an aircraft carrier that was seven and a half foot long. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, I, we could probably just barely fit it in this room yeah. that we're sitting in now. I would use it as a podcasting table if I had it. That'd be yeah. amazing. Um, you know, so the, the, 
definitely uh, in line with the uh, biggest better of the 80s, uh, if you will. Well, so. that, and I like their decision of that they realized that like however many figures Star Wars had because they could only make up so many based upon characters in the films. And G.I. Joe's like, we could just start calling people names of everything. What's that guy's name? His top hat. What's he do? I don't know. He has a top hat. He's a Joe now. He's a magician. That's what he does. What's that guy's name? Barbecue. I don't know what he does, but he's give him a flamethrower. It's fine. That's all they felt like they were just doing. Though. His, name, his name's Carjack. He's a criminal. Like, I don't know. Like, My wife was, her mind was blown away when she found out that Refrigerator Paris was a G.I. Joe. She didn't know that? She did not know that. Did, did she like, know Sergeant Slaughter was a G.I. Joe? I think so. Okay. But I don't know if she knew who Sergeant Slaughter was. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and Stevie King even made up a couple G.I. Joes, if I remember right, because he wrote some of the cards and everything. Like, yeah. yeah. Weird weird stuff, you know? But, uh, I, yeah, uh, I guess I'm curious. So, so two things I'll wrap this conversation up with. Uh, I'm curious what the next four episodes are going to be of that series. That would be kind of cool to see where they go next. Transformers has to be one of them. I yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain Transformers is going to be one of them. Yeah. Um, and then the other question I have to ask you is if you came as an action figure, a three and three quarters action figure, what would be your pack and accessory? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I say this question like I have an answer and I yeah, don't have an answer. I want to say it's something, you know, clever and funny or you know something artistic like ah, i'd come with a brush because i ink comics with a brush um but it'd probably be like a piece of pizza or something piece of pizza. <laughs> or my dumb cell phone now you know. with pizza action <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah he comes with a miller light and a piece of pizza like why would just be like a beanbag chair it's like a beanbag chair and a degree I can't use for anything. That would be, yeah, that'd be. Actually, it. my accessory is just a smaller toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a tiny, it's a tiny Luke in box. That's what you have. That's yeah. exactly it. Well, that would be amazing. All right. <laughs> so anyway, that's that'll do it for our talk about uh, the the toys that made us and the, the the toys that made us this podcast. So thank you, toys that made us. Um, if you guys have toys that you like uh, that shaped your childhood that we didn't talk about, like if you're a big Rock Lords fan, fine, that's fine. If you're more of a Micronauts fan, um, I'm trying to think, what was the one that were the figures that had like the little heat sensitive things in the front and you could put your thumb on it and you'd find out what element they were associated with i forget the name of it but it was supposed to be like there's like like four of them four four fighting factions and you didn't know who they were until you put your thumb over the little heat sensor i don't thing. remember that i mean oh. the transformers had a thing where like you wouldn't know if they were an autobot or decepticon if you oh. did that but i don't know the one that you're talking about yeah, so uh, i'm sure it's real if it's not i made it up so anyway if you guys <laughs> toys it, toys created by paul yeah yeah uh they all come with little beanbag chairs uh so yeah, let us know on the Facebook page uh, if there's like toys that you like or if there's things that we, we, we missed. I mean, it's not a matter of missing. It's just kind of within the umbrella of that show. But if there's other things that you guys really liked, like I would really like it if the toys that made us talked about GoBots for a second because I feel like they would belong in the conversation with Transformers, but they probably won't be talked about much. There'll um, be a side note. Yeah, because what well, was it? Leader One? Was that the name of the Yeah, was, Leader was, One. And, and I will say that GoBots has the best name for a villain ever. Yeah. He's a motorcycle and his name was Psyche. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let us know on the Facebook page. Um, you can also uh, it, it, find us on um, invasionthepodcast.com and just goes to the blog. Uh, there's a lot of Western stuff there. There will be an announcement next week 
about what 2018 is the year of, and I'm really excited about it. We're not going to say it yet because we're still working on it. It's not going to be the you know the year of the Western Part Two, so don't worry about that. It's not <laughs> it's not going to be the year of the fist fight or the car chase. It's going to be something different, and I hope you guys are excited about it too because we'll be taking suggestions as we go along through the year. Um, about what it's going to be. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Music. If you guys can be so so kind to find us there and rate and review us, give us five stars. Um, that would be super help, helpful. Um, I do want to uh, let people know here before we get to the game, uh, a couple things. One, uh, on the 20th, so 10 days from now, uh, RoboCop, which also had a toy line uh, and a cartoon and a video game and everything else, um, We'll be showing midnight uh, on the 20th at the Capitol Theater here in Cleveland. And it's like five, six bucks to go see RoboCop in the theater. If you've, if you've not seen RoboCop recently, go. If you've not seen RoboCop in the theater, go. I, I, I think I'm going to be there for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Every time I, I jinx myself, every time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there, I end up getting sick or something. <laughs> so, so Steve won't I'm, be there. I won't be there, but knock, knock. Hopefully, I yeah, technically will be. be. It'll be your move, creep. Uh, so, uh, next thing I want to mention here, this, uh, again, uh, talk without rhythm. I know I've talked about it a lot lately cause it's a great show and Al Gore does amazing things over there and talks for many hours about great films. He is doing something and this is, this is for his show specific. He has a Patreon. You go and subscribe. You can pay as little as a dollar. He gives a lot of cool Patreon content. This one, it seems very specifically geared for our show. He's watching one Marvel movie a week from January until Infinity War, because if he goes from this week until Infinity War, Infinity War is released, he will have watched all the Marvel movies, and he's doing uh, like a, a brief little podcast each week about each one as he watches. He has two up now, so he covered the original Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. Uh, go check that out. It's a talkwithoutrhythm.com. You have to be a Patreon uh, subscriber to that to get it. So you could donate a dollar and have access to all that. He also has a contest running uh, to win a really, really nice box set of Akira, the manga, if you go nice. support his Patreon. So go do that. I cannot wait to listen to him talk about the Marvel movies. Um, I really hope his Ant-Man review is 30 seconds long. I hope it's just really, <laughs> I hope it's like a really, really short, tiny review. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, check out his road to infinity war. That seems like something that, you know, would be perfect for this show, but he's traveling that road. So we don't have to, so go check that out. Um, yeah, and Steve, do you have anything that you would like to promote? I know I always say, you know, look at us. Do you have anything? Uh, I, I don't have anything going on right now. We're working on some stuff for the Saturday Night Slasher. Um, it's been slow going, getting back up and running, but uh, hopefully I'll have an announcement about that soon. Perfect. So he's going to kill a Marvel character each week <laughs> until Infinity War comes out. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough about that. Let's just get to, uh, we'll get to the game. Nacho, Nacho, man. I want to be. I'm Nacho, man. So it's time for the Nacho hat, but we don't have the Nacho hat here. But whatever, you guys can visualize it. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about what we got here. So what we've got here is, is we're going to have a little tournament of sorts of uh, some toy lines going up against each other. Now, we picked a representative for each toy line. <laughs> so, I want to believe they all got together and voted. <laughs> now... Because I, I, there's been some discussion on the Facebook recently about like, oh, this toy line needs to go up against this toy line, or this toy line needs to be the declared the overall winner. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's not so much like 
you know, say Transformers versus G.I. Joe, it'll be a character from Transformers. It'll be a character from G.I. Joe. Um, I can safely tell you that both of those toy lines made it in. They're pretty <laughs> big toy lines. Um, but uh, we have uh, 32 characters, and we're going to go through them and pit them against each other. And hopefully we're going to have some fun, weird matches. All right. So, And I don't know who's all in here. So here's, here's the, the fun thing about this is that I don't know what... Uh, characters uh, Steve has found here. So I'm going to pull one out of the blue and you'll do the orange and then we'll fight it up here. So what do we got? I have Slobulus from the Mad Balls. Nice. So I got I got a Slobby Ball. I've got a Good Luck Bear from the Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, it's a, it's a Care Bear. It's a Good Luck Bear. And if they did the Care Bear stare, like, do these have the power of luck? Like, And I'd what does a Mad Ball do? Mm-hmm. Uh, looks cool. I, I, I guess, <laughs> it looks cool. You go outside, play with it. It gets wet, and then it gets it gets all cracked and weird. Is yeah, what that's yeah. basically it. So I feel like Slobulus would not beat a Care Bear. Um, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Although I, 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 if given the choice of toy, I would pick the the, the Slobulus. But <laughs> I think the, the Care Bear wins just well, because a Care Bear stare just makes it sound horrifying. Like, did he look at you? Don't look in his yeah, eyes. Don't did. look in his eyes. Yeah. Your luck has run out. Yes. Uh, so, but I did. I did get two Mad Balls for my birthday this year. One was a Predator, and one was an Alien. Nice. So I feel like those might beat the Care Bear, but not Slobulus. All right. So, so we'll go with uh, the Care Bear is going to be the winner, and we'll keep we'll keep it over off to the side here. All right. We'll see what happens next. With the, the Care Bear will show up again in the next round. <laughs> it's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> well, not with the whole thing, maybe. All right. So I got Bob the Goon. Uh, from the 1989 Toy Biz movie line, uh, so so that's from the Batman uh, Toy Biz uh, movie line. Do you, oh, do you remember Bob? Bob's the Joker sidekick. He's uh, got the long greasy hair. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He's the yeah, guy yeah. taking photos. Yeah okay. yeah. They made a figure of him. Weird. <laughs> All right, and I have Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> And I should mention that Bob, I believe, came with both a knife and a gun. So oh, I don't know. That pony magic, though. Yeah. Uh, I guess t- I did a little research on Twilight Sparkle. Apparently, she's like the leader of the uh, My Little Ponies and the most popular of those characters. So uh, so I like how I'm like, oh, Care Bear totally wins the last round. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know about My Little Pony. And it's Bob the, Bob the Goon. Really? Like, <laughs> Bob the Goon. Uh, I don't know. Um, that's tough just because... I remember him now that you mentioned him, but it's like, and he, and he is a goon, so he might, but you know, also a horse, a magic horse that flies <clears throat> might be able to stomp him easily. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, if you're going to go with a, with a pony and it, you know, winner in an early round, I guess this is probably going to be the fight for it to go down. And I mean, Bob the goon is not a memorable figure. He is for me because it felt like for the longest time in stores in like 89, he was the only one I could ever find. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he he uh, probably wouldn't go very far in this in this matchup. But. No, um, I'm going to lean towards the Twilight Sparkle. All right, just because it's a flying horse that could probably kill Bob the Goon. All so. right, we're going to go with Twilight Sparkle for that winner. All right, so, all right, I like that I'm showing my like I like bears and ponies. That's what I like here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me this is the best He Man figure Faker. 
<laughs> That's his name. He's an evil robotic He-Man imposter. Okay. All right. And uh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, this is going to be a tough one because I got Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe. <laughs> now, the reason I chose Faker is because he was one of the He-Men that I had. Okay. And like I love the fact that he's supposed to be the fake robotic He-Man, except he's blue, has orange hair, and he wears Skeletor's like, uh, chest plate. <laughs> so like there's nothing about him that actually would fake you into thinking he's <laughs> He-Man. Hey, hey Faker, get a... Sorry, he man, get over here. You know, like. And uh, while doing research on the on the character, I found out that he did appear in one episode of the show. But to save money, they didn't paint him blue, so he just looks like he man. <laughs> Which so wait, so he actually looks like Faker. He would be the fake yes. he man of the show. I'm really confused by all this. All I know now is that now you described him, he needs to be in the movie that they're going to make. <laughs> but they'll call him like thick hair or thick something. Hair. Thick hair. Um, Storm Shadow. Like I just uh, the, the Storm Shadow is a ninja, and even though his nemesis is Snake Eyes, if Snake if this was Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes would win. But it's Faker. Yeah, when I was talking about accessories earlier, uh, Storm Shadow was one of my favorite GI Joes because he came with like a ton of stuff. So, yeah, like you know, he came with guns and, and swords and everything that little Timberwolf. boys want to play with. Yeah, yeah. So I'd go Storm Shadow. All right, Storm so, Shadow. Storm Shadow is a cool about. name. It's a it's a really cool name. I'm surprised Faker didn't make it further, but he did go up against a formidable opponent. He did, yeah. I mean, if, if it was against the pony or something, I'd probably have to think twice about it. All right. Ha! All right. I got Grimlock, who is the robotic Tyrannosaurus Rex changing robot in the Transformers. All right. He smashes. And uh, I have uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper from the Shit. LJN WWF uh, Superstars line. As much as I love the Piper and he is here to you know kick ass and shoot bubble gum and he's mm-hmm. all out of bubble gum i still kind of got to give it to the robotic t-rex i would too only because that those initial like he, those wrestling toys they were just they weren't even really like toys they didn't have much articulation no, which you think for a wrestling toy they'd move more yeah they were just kind of like rubbery and didn't do much <laughs> but uh it's another one of those ones that you get wet and then they freeze oh here i'll take that all right roddy uh, piper you're out roddy yeah. piper falls <laughs> Good call on that, though. That's awesome. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Got uh, Colonel Troutman from 1980s Rambo Toys, because you got to have the all-important Colonel <laughs> Troutman figure. Oh. <laughs> I just love the fact that A, Rambo had a toy line. Rambo had a cartoon series. I know. Yeah. And uh, that they made a Colonel Troutman figure, which is just, I don't know. There's just something so perfectly 80s about that. That's, um, that's Richard Crenna, right? That's Colonel Troutman. Yeah. yeah. Good call on knowing his name. Wow. I just, well, you know, you know why? Because I'd recently watched that wonderful Charles Bronson film, Breakheart Pass, for uh, my Westerns, and he was in it. So, yeah. The Richard Crenna love on this episode. <laughs> yes. All you right. Got two, you got two Richard Crenna facts right there. Anyway. So this one here, I'm just going to state real quick. Uh, this was my introduction to this version of the character, and uh, it was my even introduction to this uh, suit, but it was the black suit Spider-Man from the 1980s Secret Wars line. Uh, well, okay, then. It, there's no... It, Sorry, Troutman. <laughs> you know, if you if you were Rambo, maybe, but you're not Rambo, so I'd say I'm going to say Black Suit Spider Man. All, right. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. I haven't have yet to veto any of Paul's decisions <laughs> yet. So, oh man, the fact that you put a Spider Man in here, though, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. I didn't even think about you tilting the scales. Yeah. Because I kept Luke Skywalker and Batman out just so that I wouldn't <laughs> tilt the scales. I'm just going to throw away the rest now. Spider Man wins. All right. <laughs> All right, I got private pizza from the Food Fighters. 
Yeah, the Food Fighters. That's a little known toy toy line that uh, existed for about I, a year uh, in the eighties. Yeah, I remember them. That yeah, was, I wanted that shit too. I don't know why I did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was dumb and fun and everything that was because everything great. was like, oh, it's a thing, but they all fight together and then it's all punny. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> even though Private Pizza isn't a pun, but Private Pizza does describe a lot of my uh, a lot of a lot of my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> you ate pizza alone. And yeah, <laughs> Private Pizza. Alrighty, and uh, I got uh, the alien figure that was produced uh, by Kenner in 1979 that uh, wasn't quite the hit that they thought Star Wars would be because it was an R-rated property. <laughs> Do you remember this? It was like 18 inches tall or something ridiculous. It was huge. I don't know, but I kind of want it. Yeah, uh, I think it's like $600 if you can get one oh. in box on uh, eBay. So. Yeah, but I don't want that bad. But I think the alien has to take it over the pizza. I would say so, yes. Alrighty. So. <laughs> private pizza all right what do we got here godzilla shogun warriors yeah did you uh do you remember the shogun warriors i uh, know they were pretty big they were also i think like two feet tall um, Are they like big as in popularity? I'm like, I don't recall. So. <laughs> but they uh, had released, a, they were all robots except for the Godzilla. Godzilla came, he had a snake tongue that he would stick out, and then uh, his arm would uh, shoot off like, uh, like a rocket. And it would also only show up for five minutes at a time in a two-hour movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Uh, okay, I well, Godzilla is going to be strawberry shortcake no matter what. Yeah, I, just, I feel like that's something. I feel like, um, oh no, you got to go. <laughs> go, go, Godzilla. See, like if it was strawberry shortcake versus private pizza, that would have been, that, yeah, that would have been a good match. Yeah, I should have tailored pizza, this. He may, maybe he would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> I got tickle me Elmo. All right, you know. and I have. Uh, his name was Dwork, I guess. Uh, from the Boglins. Do you remember the Boglins? Oh, Boglins. Uh, yeah, they're the little hand, little rubbery little things you put your finger like that was the yeah. yeah those things are weird. They're 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 essentially like an offshoot of your critters slash ghoulies slash yeah. If you move the G and the B, they spell goblins. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They do. Um, man, tickle me Elmo though. Like just from an annoying standpoint, would drive anybody mad. That's true, and and so I feel like just from the Boglin takes his own life. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yes. So, all right, we're we're getting there. All right, round two is going to be weird. All right, um, fearsome flush from the real Ghostbusters. Is this a haunted toilet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, there are a lot of cool real Ghostbusters figures, but none of them were a toilet, so uh, I had to go with that. Yeah. Oh, and this is this is fitting. Uh, is going up against uh, Claire Emelina, the Cabbage Patch Kid, uh, and oh. I picked that simply because there was no main Cabbage Patch Kid, and that was the name of the Cabbage Patch Kid that my wife had, oh. so... And I um, think uh, I feel like Fearsome Flush is probably going to beat out a Cabbage Patch Kid. Maybe, but Cabbage Patch Kids are creepy, you know. Like, uh, 
and they they don't have a soul. I don't know. It just uh, <laughs> is that known? Is that on I the packaging? I don't know if it's. I don't know. Soul not. They're included. born in a cabbage patch. Like, do, do, do cabbage have souls? Um, well, I found out that the dogs and cats that were the pets of the cabbage patch were named Kusas, which I thought was really weird. Like, why not just call them cats and dogs? But yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll say haunted toilet beats Cash Patch Kid because I just don't know how that was going to work. That's weird. That is so weird. <laughs> Much better than, you know, like Peter Venkman. <laughs> haunted toilet. I feel like that's a comic right there. <laughs> Probably. It's the X File I don't want to see. All right, so I got Angela uh, from Who's the Boss? No, Spawn. Uh, <laughs> got Angela from Spawn. Angelo, uh, an, an, yeah, <laughs> Angela, uh, who is now part of the Marvel universe, who could show up in the MCU. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she was co-created by. Well, she was created by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. so I, I think she's going to take out this competitor. I have uh, Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> whose oh. amazing ability is to stretch, yeah. and he's full of corn syrup or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what? What? what she's just an angel, right? Like. I don't know what her new. I think she's like Asgardian. Oh right? yeah, she's Asgardian. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. well, fine. She's a, she's a goddess. So yeah, beats the corn. He almost guy. seemed disappointed in that. You're like, fine. She's yeah, a goddess, that's whatever. Right. I don't know. Stretch Armstrong's interesting. I never had one of those. I wanted my brother one had one. I didn't. Uh, I wanted a my pet monster. I really wanted one. Oh well, I don't want to tip my hand here, but I'm pretty sure it's going to beat mine. I've got uh, Lieutenant Ilea from uh, the Mego Star Star Trek line from uh, the motion picture. Do you remember Lieutenant Ilea? Yeah, she's the bald one. Yeah, yeah. She ended up getting the little stone in her head or whatever. Yeah, because Vedra took her over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but she was being powered by like almost a sentient. Like God satellite, and this is a My Pet Monster. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever see the My Pet Monster movie? There's a movie. <laughs> it's terrible. It's it was made around the time that it was so bad. Really? Yeah. This kid somehow is it a cartoon or no? It's a live action movie, but and uh, it's like this kid who was like on a field trip. And they're going through a museum, and there was like a display of something. It was like Egyptian or something. And somehow he was like really hungry at the time, and he was trying to pull an apple out of his backpack, and it fell into the display. And then somehow he ended up getting like, you know, this My Pet Monster power, but it only worked if he got hungry. It was like, I don't know why I remember the details <laughs> of this movie as well as I do, but it happened. And I remember like at the end where it was like basically, like, we need your help. He's just like, okay, well, I need to get hungry. It's like, how do you get hungry, you know, other than waiting? I feel like that's the way you get hungry is waiting. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I say that, uh, you know, the My Putt Monster at least had chains that he could uh, break and destroy. Uh, so, you know, that's at least a little bit something more than Lieutenant Ilea, who did not come with a single accessory. <laughs> that's true. Um... Feature. All right, so we're not going to go into this right now, but there, let's see, let's find some images from the My Pet Monster film. Come on, yep. Oh Look my god! Yeah, that's from the movie. Well, that's the I think that's from the TV line. But there was um, a live action video cassette. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why I remember this, but I do. So 
You know, you say that video <laughs> games, <laughs> video games don't have uh, good movies. I don't think there's been a successful movie based I'm, on. I'm waiting line. for. The, they need to do a reboot of My Pet Monster, but it needs to be like like a Bloomhouse micro budget film. Have Ethan Hawke and just be like terrifying. I think it should be the same monster, but it's a grown man who has <laughs> to deal grown with it. Man. Like, but like, no, that's 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 your story. Is that like both the kid and the and the, and the monster grew up? Yeah. And, like the monster just never left, and it's like, come on, Bill, get a job. And he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm your pet monster. I don't know why the monster named Bill, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a film that's out there. I, I like that. Uh, oh, it's actually the whole movie's available on YouTube. Someone ripped it. Oh. The, the 55 minute film. There's there the f- there's 55 minutes of your life you're never getting back. I probably watched it a few times. That's why I remember the plot so well. So anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, my pet monster will beat Ilya. All right. What's her, what is it, Leah? Yeah, Ilya. Yeah. All right. Persis Kambata for those of you playing at home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oscar Goldman, the six million dollar man. Ooh. That's that's his boss actually. That's his boss. If I, I cut like, it yeah. off. All right, all right. And this one is not one that uh, this is outside of my time frame for toys. Well, I shouldn't say toys because I still collect toys. Um, but for um, my nostalgia factor, we'll put it that way. Uh, I have the Green Ranger of the Power Rangers. Goddamn Power Rangers. <laughs> Um, did you put this guy in here because this is the one they referenced directly in uh, 40 year version? version. <laughs> <laughs> it was either him or the Bigfoot figure from uh, the six, six million dollar man. So. Oh, uh, it, well, it's got to be the Green Ranger just because I don't know what this guy would do other than boss him around. So, we'll, the Green Ranger, Green Ranger makes it in, but nice 40 year old virgin pull. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I can steal from the best movies. Yeah. Magmar of the Rock Lords. <laughs> I just like the fact that his name was Magmar. Yes. Uh, Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, uh, <laughs> you could put it. You could put in a really evil cassette and have him sing, like some Black you, Sabbath or something. I was in Target at Christmas. Did you know Teddy Ruxpin is back and he's now Bluetooth compatible? Oh, uh, that's weird. Yeah. He's probably like a secret nanny cam or something too. <laughs> that cartoon was weird too. Like they had a you talk about like serialization of stories. It went on forever. Him trying to find like these seven crystals or something. That was an ongoing story of Teddy Ruxpin. It was weird. Like they gave him this epic storyline for being a bear that could talk with a cassette in his back. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna go with Magmar. It's gonna it's gonna set fire to the Teddy Ruxpin. Oh wow, Teddy Ruxpin goes down early. What do you, well, what do you think? Did you think he was gonna make it? I, I I don't know. I just figure it's a guy who's a rock. So you know, he's Magmar. He's Magmar. He's a hot rock. Hot rock. All right. What do we got here? Malibu Barbie. All right, and uh, oh, this is a favorite of mine just because I thought it was so weird. Um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would always put out different versions of the, the turtles, so I picked Rappin' Mike uh, from the t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Rockin' and Rollin' Turtles figure uh, action line, and he uh, comes dressed sort of like Flava Flav, so that uh, immediately well, increases his cool factor. He is a Ninja Turtle, and Malibu Barbie is just a girl that just likes to have fun. So I think he would hang out with Malibu Barbie, but I think that they would, you know, I think he'd be. She's got a tan. She does have a tan. She's just like Bridget Nielsen. (laughs) All right. Okay. So we got Cooler, leader of the Pound Puppies. Was that the name of Cooler? Yeah, I looked it up. Stupid. (laughs) All righty. Oh, this is an interesting matchup because it's almost equally as weak. Uh, It's uh, Cherry from the Pee Wee uh, Herman toys. 
Do you remember Cherry? Yes. Cherry was the uh, yeah. It's a talking chair that was always happy. Okay. Yeah. yeah you said that like you're uh, you're offended that I was yeah. like, do you remember that? I know, I know Cherry. Um, I I feel like because a dog would want to sleep on a chair, that feels like something a dog would do, and Cherry'd have none of it. Well, actually, Cherry might be okay with it because she's very nice. Yes. But it's also a talking chair that has a mouth. Yes. So it could also be evil and eat things. So it could eat a dog. Like, like that could be like the perfect deathbed, the that's bed the that perfect eats. dog trap is a chair that with a mouth. All right. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think this is like the companion to deathbed. All right. Yeah. Cherry Maybe. pulls one out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And end of round one. Boba Fett from Kenner Star Wars. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> uh, we've got Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to give Boba Fett this round, but All right. we'll see how far he goes because he didn't make it very far. There, there were some mentions on the I, Facebook page. I really enjoyed that whole like, yeah, he's going to be for a second. And he's going to easily die. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. So let's uh, here you. I don't know. We got to we got to set up for round two here real quick. So no, I have no music. I have nothing cool. I have I have a weird sleep noise. Oh. Play that while we do it. There you go. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to count. Oh, sorry. This is so I'm interesting for you to people at home, right? Yeah. <laughs> people will just want to know what happens, so they're gonna they're gonna be like, "I got to figure out what happens around two. This is gonna be crazy." All right. So there's eight in in this one. So there should be eight left there for okay, you. So. I don't know. You know, I'm you know, like, I don't I'm know like, why I'm I put like, them I'm back like, in the. No, no, it's fine where it's at. Like, we'll just, you'll just reshuffle them. I'm looking at them like, I don't know. Who, like, I just talked about them. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't see what these are. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I, like, but you don't know which ones you're going to get now. It's amazing noises right there. All right. All right. So, round two. We're good. All right. So, we're down to, down to uh, eight, 16? 16. Yeah. I hope you're all still listening and yeah. you're not mad at me for picking. This is nowhere near as bad as the time we did the big 64 bracket superhero showdown <laughs> or whatever it was. And it went on for like seven hours or whatever. So, all right. I have Grimlock again. Uh, I've got uh, Good Luck Bear. So, Good Luck Bear? Yeah. I think Grimlock the... might beat the Good Luck Bear. Oh. Uh, yeah. Good luck, bear goes good, down. Good luck, bear ran out of luck. Unless you disagree with that statement, I don't no, know. No, no, I just didn't know how powerful the care stare, care bear stare was. <laughs> Not against robots. a robot T Rex. <laughs> okay, Godzilla of the Shogun Warriors. That's going to be that might be the showdown at the end is Godzilla versus uh, Grimlock. I don't know. He's got to go up against the fearsome flesh from the real <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's a ghost toilet. I don't know. If, I don't know how you beat that other than like getting a ghost plumber. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I'm gonna guess that Godzilla's probably just gonna step on the ghost toilet. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be that new Godzilla uh, Netflix series, on, you know, the anime series. It's gonna be him fighting the fearsome flesh. All right, so I got Angela from Spawn. Angela from Spawn. I have Mona. Oh, she's not gonna make it through this one. I've got Alien from the 1979 counterline. She she's as Guardian though. Do you think? Well, yeah. he's got blood that's acid. That's true. All right. Yeah, I like it. Alien. This is going to be. This is just going to be like every one of my fantasies at the end. Like, yeah, I want them all to fight. Like, all right, Storm Shadow. All right, and I have black suit Spider Man. Dun dun dun. Ooh. I 
I'm going to go with the Spider-Man on this one just barely, barely, because even though Storm Shadow is a master ninja, Spider-Man has the reflexes and the black suit, so I'm sure he could you know, do something nasty, so I, I don't know. Also, he kind of looks like Snake Eyes a little bit wearing the black suit. I think Storm Shadow would be confused and think he's automatically going to lose. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you default on that one. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let Spider Man. I, I will stay come in. up with so much fan fiction for why Spider Man stays in. <laughs> I believe he is a scientist and he has a cool girlfriend. And all right, so I got Magmar of the Rock Lords. Magmar is gonna go up against Rappin' Mike from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I. <sighs> He looks like Flavor Flav. <laughs> he's Magmar. He's a he's a robot that turns into a, a lava rock. I don't know what that means. Michelangelo but... eats pizza. <laughs> I. All right, fine. You he's know got what? Nunchucks. You know, Rap and Mike can rap and rock. Magmar can only rock, but not rap. I like how Rap and Mike is like the one that I'm defending in this this whole game. Like I wish the it one was. That I wish it was Prison Mike from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got the Green Power Ranger. All right, I don't know who I'm pulling out, but I'm going to guess it's going to beat the Green Ranger. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I've got Twilight Sparkle. Oh, here's a good way to piss off a lot of fans. Uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, the Green Ranger, what was his whole thing? He was evil, and then he was good, and he, he played a flute. Like, <laughs> played a flute? <laughs> Did he play a flute? I don't it know. Fl- <laughs> it was a flute knife, right? All I, like, all I know about the Green Ranger is that he shows up to every Wizard World. That's all I know about the Green Ranger. Yeah, and he actually he actually fought a fan. I know that, like a deranged fan. So I don't know if he had a flute knife while doing it. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to the Green Ranger because he can actually get into his Mechazord or whatever it is. All I, right. I don't know what that is. I don't. What's a Zord? Is a Zord a thing? Sure, it's a thing. Um, tells you how much I know and care about the Power Rangers. Go, go, who cares now? Right. <laughs> right, Bulk got... and Skull were the glue behind that show. <laughs> All right, so I got uh, Boba Fett. Uh-oh. Boba Fett's got to fight the fury of my pet monster, <laughs> which is literally like a big Sarlacc. <laughs> oh, come on. He's a bounty hunter. He's probably face bigger than the pet monster. Uh, he he also would have a, a, um, a rocket that would shoot from his back that would choke the monster because it would be a choking hazard. Well, that's true. Yeah, so uh, I I want to go with Boba Fett. I know. Wow. Keep your Star Wars in there a little bit. Woohoo! And, and my pet monster was going to make Boba Fett watch the fifty-five minute film. <laughs> All right, so I got Tickle Me Elmo here to round out round two. All right, Tickle Me Elmo is going up against Cherry from Pee Wee Herman's Toys. I'm. I'm going to give Cherry. I don't think Tickle Me Elmo should go on because uh, as much as it's popular, I don't know what else he can do other than being annoying. I feel like Cherry could probably eat Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what would happen. He would laugh the entire time, too. It would be, be weird. He'd be making eye contact. And you just don't want that. It would just be really weird. So, all right. <laughs> I got dark with that. I'm sorry. All right. So we got one more uh, one more go around here. How many we got left? We got uh, eight, right? Eight. Yep. So we got... You got four... And then I am going to pick my four, just random selection. <laughs> you tell us who your favorite toy is and why I didn't pick it. And <laughs> All right. Getting nitty gritty time, guys. We're almost there. Rapping Mike from the TMNT Rockin' and Rollin' Turtles. All right. Well, I don't even know, even know if I need to read this okay. because uh, it's Black Suit Spider-Man, and I'm pretty sure that Rapping Mike is going to go out. <sighs> 
can, can the black suit can is he able to rap then because because the suit can do all sorts of things yes he can rap i yeah. don't think he can't rap well no no the black suit is sensitive to sound he's going to bust some fat rhymes and cause the black suit to fail and disorient spider-man are, are you giving the round to rap and mike it just it makes too much sense oh my he's god rapping. he's going to drop some bass and it's going to bother the black suit i feel like i've touched a nerve here like. yeah I got to stay true to the characters, Steve. All right. All right. All right here we go. That was close. I know. Alien. Oh, Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla's way bigger than the alien. Yeah. And even if, like, the alien, if he stepped on the alien and caused all the acid to hurt him, like, Godzilla would still, I think Godzilla would still make it through. And he's got fire breath, so he could just stand away from him and then like, true. torch him. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it to Godzilla. Go, go, all Godzilla. Right. That's going to be rapping Mike versus Godzilla at the end. <laughs> it's the matchup you never saw coming. Yeah. Cherry from Pee Wee Herman. Uh-oh. And Cherry's going to be facing the Green Ranger from the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to the Green Ranger this time. Uh, I, Green Ranger is pulling it out. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Because I feel like even if Cherry's like, hey, you should come sit on me. I'm this chair that eats people. That's a lot. I mean, that's a that's a that's a tall order for a whole ranger. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. It'd probably be full from the tickle me Elmo. Um, all right, I got Boba Fett. I got Grimlock. <laughs> Grimlock. I think Grimlock would beat Boba Fett. I I kind of agree with you. All right, so final four. We're almost there. All right, doesn't matter. Whatever. Here. All right. <laughs> all right. What do we got? We got uh, got Green Green Ranger. Oh, I got Godzilla. I'm, there's no way Green Green because <laughs> Green Ranger needs like four other people to even come to make make a, a robot big enough to fight Godzilla. Absolutely. So I'd say, in this case, the Green Ranger would go down. If the Green Ranger had friends, it'd be a different story. Godzilla. Yep, Godzilla. And I have Gr- Grimlock. And I have Rapping Mike, <laughs> the dark horse of uh, he made the, a lot the than toy brawl. Uh, it's Grimlock. Grimlock smash. All right. Uh, he would not care for rap music. He'd be, right. you know, he just doesn't understand it. All right. So Grimlock versus Godzilla. One is a large lizard and the other is a robot that turns into kind of a lizard. A T-Rex. But the T-Rex isn't very big. That's true. And Godzilla's pretty big. Although I feel like uh, Grimlock wouldn't really like ever give up. Like he would. It's true. He'd just be getting more and more pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. And Godzilla at some point would just be like, I'm going to go back in the ocean. <laughs> so do you think it'd be just be kind of like this would be a tie in the sense that Godzilla would just leave because he was annoyed <laughs> and, and Grimlock would not quit because he's Grimlock, but he'd still kind of stick around. But like, yeah, I beat you. You come back if you want more. Like, you know, like like Saturday night, 2.30 in the morning where everyone's like, dude, you've had too much. And the guy just drove away. He's like, that's right. You drove away. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's how it would, okay. how it would go down. So, Okay. Um, from sheer force of power, I give it to Godzilla, but from sheer force of just never of being annoying, I think Grimlock would take it. And I will say, toy wise, I, I have to say it's got to go to Grimlock just simply because he comes from the most I- iconic toy line, one of the most I- iconic toy lines to ever. It's true. I mean, if it was one of those Devastator versus uh, Godzilla, I don't know. Can yeah. he turn into a rock? Well, but Devastator's like five different construction vehicles, right? So yes, yeah, I don't know. So I think that's some controversy. I feel like I feel like Godzilla would have the upper hand if he if he cared to keep fighting. How about that? 
And Grimlock just would keep fighting because it's Grimlock and he smashes. That's what he yes. does. So, all right. I don't have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pronounce uh, Grimlock uh, the winner. Uh, I feel like uh, he would he would pull it out somehow. There we go. That, I think that works. Um, He's got a laser gun. He has a laser. Yeah. And he could become a T-Rex. So a T-Rex that you could maybe put the laser gun in his tiny hand. I don't know yeah. if he could do that. Um, all right. So that's your toy brawl. Steve, thanks for making that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so... Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation about the toys. I hope you enjoyed the toy game. Uh, next week, we're going to be uh, talking about the, there's a, a documentary. It's on Hulu. So not a Netflix thing, a Hulu thing called too funny to fail the life and death of the data Carvey show. Steve suggested this. This seems really interesting because I remember when the show was on TV and how it definitely got attention. It Oh, it definitely got attention. Yeah. And uh, when you look into it a little bit further, you also find out that some of the biggest names in comedy that are around now came from that show, kind of got their start there. So uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation and a look at uh, kind of Dana Carvey at his height and unfortunately a show that just fell apart <laughs> is the best way to put it. It, it burned too bright yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that and then i think i think it's going to kind of tie into kind of like the modern state of saturday Night live a little bit too so we'll see well it's gonna be a fun conversation so uh join us guys next week for that uh, until then have a safe week uh may all your you know toy collecting be great i don't know may you find that one thing that you wanted may you find all your rock lords <laughs> may all your rock lords be rocks that are robots i don't know may all your rocks turn into robots and vice versa yes all right have a safe week